I think someday that he will be honored really? here. Really? I am shocked by that. I, I think someday. I hate the Flyers, man. I know you I, do, and, but and, like <laughs> we thought it was done. It was, it was, wait a minute, a you time. went to the Rangers. Hold on, I went to the. I went. Wait a minute. That's because the, the Penguins didn't want to sign me. The Penguins didn't want me anymore. They didn't want to sign me. I and I was an unrestricted free agent. The Penguins did want to sign Yager. Everything yeah, but was, not for what the Flyers wanted to pay him. Okay, it was this much more. It was just a little <laughs> bit more. He's holding his thumb and his forefinger together. Very <laughs> okay, <laughs> and we were ready as a community to say, you know what? We booed the living daylights out of you when you were playing for all these other teams with Washington, the Come Rangers. Back. It was time. It's time, Yags. Come, Come home. back. <laughs> Come home. We're ready for you. The arms are open. Let's embrace. Right. Let's have a team hug. Yeah. And he went right here <laughs> and said, no, I'm going to the team you hate the most. I'm going to the Flyers. And I probably need to let that go. And I no, that was brutal. Uh, that Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It's four minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Center 11. It's 44 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Organizers say Vice President Mike Pence is going to headline a fundraiser on Friday for Republican candidate Rick Saccone at the Bethel Park Community Center. The private event comes two weeks after President Trump announced his support for the GOP hopeful, looking to replace Republican Tim Murphy in the 18th District. Saccone faces Democrat Connor Lamb for the open congressional seat. That election will be held on March 13th. More than two dozen Russian athletes who were banned from the Olympics for life will now be allowed to compete in this month's Winter Games. The Court of Arbitration for Sport overturned bans on 28 Russian athletes. The IOC banned them for doping at the 2014 Winter Olympics in Sochi, Russia. The Court of Arbitration said evidence in their cases was insufficient to prove doping. The lifetime bans will be fully overturned. The 2018 Winter Games in in Pyeongchang, South Korea, begin on February 9th. There are more safety concerns about those fidget spinner toys after a report of kids swallowing button batteries that burn their esophagus. Ah. Yeah, the reports are the latest in a series of accounts of young kids being injured by putting small parts from fidget spinners in their mouths. Those button batteries are also used in a lot of other household devices, including cameras, watches, and remote controls. I didn't even know those were batteries. I, I, I really didn't understand the technology behind it, but those were all the rage. Like now, you know, kids were obsessed with those for the last two years. Mm-hmm. My girls have at least three or four of them. Really? Oh, yeah. I thought they kind of went away, but I guess they're still pretty big. Yeah, I mean, they're big. like I saw them on, uh, we were somewhere and they were on the, the bargain table for <laughs> two bucks and they were selling for 15 or 20 a year ago. So, yeah, I mean, the fad is pretty much over, but I didn't know you could pull those buttons off. There is a lot of money riding on Super Bowl 52, the most ever, according to the American Gaming Association. Americans are expected to bet $4.76 billion on the game. Only 3% of those wagers will take place in Nevada, where sports betting is legal, which means the rest of that betting will be done through offshore sports books and uh, local bet takers, including the the old uh, Super Bowl box polls everybody does the betting line in vegas currently has the patriots as four and a half point favorites over the eagles so far most of the money is on the eagles <laughs> no the the uh the patriots are going to win this one you got to take the pats especially because well, eli manning isn't playing in this super bowl yeah but you know you can take the eagles and the patriots could still win you know they're driving the 
by a field goal. They're driving the line down big time. I mean, down to four right now? Four and a half. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, I think they'll cover. <clears throat> I do too. <laughs> Uh, in other toy news, kids love Legos and uh, toy giant Lego kicking off its 60th year by constructing a 10-foot-tall version of a Lego brick using 133,000 of those little Legos. The company posted a time-lapse video showing master builders at Lego headquarters building the massive version of its classic 2x4 Lego brick. Lego says the big brick weighs in at 1,200 pounds and took 350 hours to build. That was created for a big display in New York City. Supermodel Kate Upton says the co-founder of fashion giant Guess sexually and emotionally harassed women. Upton made the charge against 65-year-old Paul Marciano in posts on Twitter and Instagram yesterday. She didn't offer up any details. Uh, there have been no comments from Marciano or Guess. And Republic Records Group President Charlie Walk is on leave from the company following sexual misconduct allegations. The music executive and judge on Fox's new show The Four has been accused by three female former employees of unwanted touching lewd comments and other inappropriate behavior. Some of the alleged incidents are said to have taken place during his time with Epic Records from 2005 to 2009, as well as during his five years so far with Republic Records. The company said in a statement a formal investigation is now underway. Slight chance of rain today. Warm, though. Temperatures in the mid-40s. Big change overnight tonight. <laughs> going to drop to 15, and the high is going to be 20 tomorrow. Oh, good. God. Uh, it's 42 now at DVE. Okay, uh, so Super Bowl Sunday is, uh, you know, a couple days away. And we'll talk with Rick Goslin of the Dallas Morning News, formerly of the Dallas Morning News. Well, currently Dallas Morning News a little bit, I guess. But uh, NFL uh, uh, writer extraordinaire and uh, host of uh, one of the premier NFL podcasts on the Hall of Fame Network. We're going to find out if Alan Fanica is in the class of inductees tomorrow or Saturday. We'll talk with Goose about that and a preview of... This weekend's uh, Super Bowl Stan Savern a little bit later on this morning as well. Are you having a party? Super Bowl party? I'm not. I'm no. Now, I'm mm. going to go to a party. You are? Be, I don't want to have a party because I don't want to be, I don't want to have to commit to the whole game. I don't want to have to like. Yeah, you can leave. You can leave somebody party. else's party. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm hoping in the third quarter to be like, hey, great seeing you guys. I don't care what happens from here on out. I've seen all the expensive commercials. <laughs> Time to go. Yeah, I remember you had a party. Well, you didn't have a party. You had people over for the AFC Championship uh, game last like, year. Yeah, like six or seven of us. And yeah. I left at halftime. We lost. And didn't was, talk to Serena for a week. We just screamed, and it was miserable. It was, it was just, bad. It's like calling people together to be sad. Unhappy. Yeah, that was not exactly a fun experience. But I don't And then have this dog. one is like having a party to watch your ex's wedding. This is her best day. Yeah. Yeah. We get to see perfect Tom walk down the aisle again. I feel like this must what must have been what it was like for like, you know, uh the Germans to watch the Allies just <laughs> celebrating. <laughs> right. We just have to sit on the sidelines uh, and like All right, you win. This is brutal. Um which is who do you root for though? Do you root for the Patriots? Do you root no. for, for the Eagles? Mm -hmm. All right. I can't there really are. root for either of these teams, but I don't want the Patriots to win. But I don't want the Eagles to it's win anything. The lesser of two evils. Right. We'll Who go do you hate less? Well, well, if you're having trouble, we'll enumerate a couple of things that, in comparison, the lesser of uh, two awfuls. 
or the worser of two awfuls. I, I don't know. Maybe to help you decide weighing in your decision on who to root for for Sunday. Because there's a lot to dislike about both teams and their <laughs> fan bases and all of that's you know swirling around in their orbit. Uh, Michael have sports for you coming up at the bottom of the hour. It's the DB Morning Show. White room. Cream. Well, yesterday Val told you the story about the woman who was trying to get a therapy peacock on a plane. <laughs> was it a United flight? Uh, I yeah. can't remember. Yeah, and it was. Somehow she was able to buy a ticket for the peacock, but then was unable to actually get the peacock on the plane. I still don't know how she was able to buy a peacock. I guess if you give it a gender and a birthday and a full name. Yeah. You can just do that. But Edward R. Peacock. <laughs> the third. Mr. Peacock. uh so it just you know and bill was talking about it and reminded us of the anger the ire that our friend uh, jimmy schubert uh found at the whole (laughs) therapy animal phenomenon i flew in i get on a plane to fly back here and this lady gets on the plane with a cat and the cat has this little orange vest on it that says therapy cat i don't know what the that is I've never seen one before is that where we've gotten to as a species look I love animals I love them so much I don't own one because I found out if you go on the road for three weeks they get real skinny anyway the point is I would never drag one onto an airplane for my own selfish needs because I know cats don't do well in pressurized situations. That plane takes off, the cabin decompresses, that cat starts freaking the f- <laughs> uh, Hey, lady, I'm not going to tell you this, but your therapy cat's having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird because, you know, uh, like you were saying yesterday, with vets and dogs and stuff, all right, you, you get it. We get it. But uh, it it does seem to I see more animals on planes than ever before, and I am actually an outlier in this discussion because uh, I would prefer more animals and less people on the planes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, in, just in like, general, just yeah. like you were saying, there needs to be a milkshake line at, Dar- uh, at yeah. Starbucks. There should be uh, an animal plane. <laughs> I'll I'll take the animal plane, please. Mike Sports coming up here in uh, just a little bit. Penn's back at it tomorrow night. Plus, you hear what Porky had to say in full about uh, Yager's retirement and what still chaps his ass. DVE. Oh, uh, yeah, Rush. Limelight. DV morning show. I watched the tail end of that documentary again yesterday. Is it called Time Stand Still? I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. The, the documentary that chronicles their last show. The Yeah, the last show or the last tour? The last show. Oh, wow. It's like, and they're all like kind of crying on stage and it's, it's awesome. Where was their last show? LA Forum or not, is it the Forum or Staples Center? Staples Center. That I don't know. Are there Come two? on, Val. You're supposed to know everything about Rush. She's not in the fan club. And I don't know everything about all the venues in Los Angeles. These are things I rely on you for. At any rate, it is very, it, it's very good. Uh, Rush fan or not, it's fun to watch. They have people from all over the world travel to see them. And I still can't believe they're not going to play very much, but 
Yeah, I don't think they. I really don't think you're going to get more than a. No, th- they've said they. What was their reasoning? They're There's, old. They're old. They're beat up. Yeah, but everybody's old. Yeah, but a lot of bands are still touring. I think Getty Lee and Alex would definitely keep going, but you know, does he? Alex Lifeson have some physical like? Does he have arthritis? So, something. He might have rheumatoid. <laughs> oh, like man. in his hand. Like in his. Yeah, hands. It makes it tough for him to play. Yeah, he oh. might have rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah, it's brutal. Um, arthritis brings you down. In oh, the yeah. end. Oh, <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, but at any rate, it's great. It's just it. You know, Neil Peart couldn't appear. However, you say his name, he just can't do it anymore. Peart. He's just too many. He's just too banged up. His body is like completely I mean, destroyed from drumming. Phil Collins. Life. Phil Collins can't drum anymore either. Well, he. I think he was in accidents too. Like there was mitigating circumstances. Alex Van Halen had neck problems too. Yeah, drummers are like baseball catchers. Like you yeah, really take brutal. the brunt of it after a while, unless you have like perfect genes and perfect posture and. Perfect life on the road, which yeah. is not happening. No, not for a lot of them. Uh, all right, Mike's coming in next with uh, with your sports. And also a reminder, 1000 bucks in workforce cash coming up around the corner. Top of the hour, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. Your chance to win 1000 bucks here on DVE. DVE Sports. All right, here's Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. What's going on? Well, we're one day closer to Super Bowl 52. Uh, Val's got it figured out on the rooting thing. Lesser of two evils. Yeah, who do you hate Got to put the Philadelphia hate aside temporarily and uh, start singing a verse of Fly, Eagles, Fly, right? Well, yeah, I I, uh, I did a, a podcast last night, DJ Gallo and uh, D- Dan Hopper, and uh, those guys had a good theory, though. Rooting for the Eagles means they get a Lombardi. And yeah. It, so that puts them into the conversation. You can no longer say to them, ha-ha, you've never even won one. Whereas if... New England wins another one. You would assume the Steelers, especially in the coming years, would have a chance to win one or two more in equal and or best them. Plus, it, the Steelers don't want New England to have six. They don't. They want to be the team at the top of the. Well, Super that's Bowl. my. That's the point of that yeah. argument is you can you know if you're rooting for the Patriots, it's because you don't want the Eagles to ever get a Lombardi right. trophy. And the thinking is, we'll surpass them in a couple of years, but you Who don't. Says uh, that's the Tom logic Brady's got to retire know, sometime, but... doesn't he? You know, so if, does Ben. If the Eagles win, it's six to one. Eagles Steelers. That's still a pretty good advantage. Yeah. If the Patriots win, it's six six Steelers and Patriots, and then not only are the Steelers tied, there goes a big part of their identity again. This has happened before. The Niners actually passed the Steelers briefly, mm-hmm. and then the Steelers passed them back. Uh, but that's a big deal to the Steelers. Remember, we had Mike Florio on recently. He said secretly the Patriots behind the scenes are driven by their obsession with catching the Steelers and passing the Steelers. Yep. So it's, you know, it's the Steelers against the Patriots. The Eagles are just the vehicle for the Steelers. Uh, they're the being John Mal- Malkovich. And they got some local ties. Uh, a story in today's Post Gazette by. Ed Bouchette highlighting some of those. Uh, remember Tom Donahoe, the old uh, director of football operations, the guy who preceded Kevin Colbert. The cower ran out of town. At the top of the Steelers personnel department. He is uh, a senior advisor in player personnel for Philadelphia. Donahoe is a Western PA guy, a South Hills Catholic guy. 
and a couple uh, other guys in the Eagles personnel department also have Pittsburgh ties. Andy Weidel is Philadelphia's assistant director of personnel. He's a Mount Lebanon grad, and his brother Casey is uh, the Eagles college scouting coordinator. Another uh, Mount Lebanon grad. And if that's not enough, Lebo guys. that's not enough. Ed uh, did a story yesterday on the Eagles starting left guard. Steven Wisniewski, who's a Central Catholic guy. So, you know, there's some Pittsburgh. I'm people. rooting for the Eagles. I, I don't want to see the Patriots win. I, uh, I think it actually is worse for them to get to the Super Bowl and lose than to be knocked out ahead of time. So it's that weird situation where if they would have lost two weeks ago, I think their misery over that dissipates, and people forget that they didn't get. To, when you lose the Super Bowl, the big ones people worse. always remind you you lost the Super Bowl. Yeah, but since Eli Manning isn't playing in this Super Bowl, I think the chances of him losing go way, way, way down. It's really hard to figure, Randy. You mentioned the line is coming down, but I think a lot of that is fueled by just the general public's hatred for New England. Yes. People are betting the Eagles because they want the Eagles to win, not necessarily because they think that's a good play. Totally agree with you. All week, people are talking themselves into how the Eagles are built for this. They bring a lot of pressure with their pass rush. They could hang. Nick Foles isn't a bum. They're all accurate statements. Okay. But the Patriots are the Patriots. (laughs) Uh, In case the Eagles win, uh, the police in uh, Philadelphia... (laughs) <laughs> have a message for fans. Uh, the commissioner, police commissioner Richard Ross, uh, said yesterday, quote, we will not let you tear up the city if the Eagles win. <laughs> They're not going to grease the light poles anymore. I guess that no. didn't work. But uh, they are they are advising uh, motorists who might be driving around Sunday night to avoid major intersections in Center City and in Northeast Philly. Those are the popular uh Let's potentially start a riot spots. Yeah. Philadelphia. Like the south side here in yeah. England. Uh, so what's, so what's, they're planning ahead. What's better or worse, Mike? You're, you're originally from Philly. What, if they win or they lose, what? how does Philly get, get destroyed? I think it's worse if they win. I think if they lose, there'll be some you know minor collateral damage, but people will just be miserable and... I think if they win, they'll be the uh, the drunken high and the championship high. Let's I, go flip some cars. Yeah, I think that, let's go start a fire. Let's. <laughs> I, I think that's got yeah. the potential for disaster more than losing. They yeah, used to lose. Too. Me too. Me they, too. They've lost the Super Bowl before. They've lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots before. They've never won the damn thing. That could be potentially dangerous. Steelers made a. Uh, Signing yesterday, offensive lineman Matt Filer uh, gets a one-year contract extension that prevents him from becoming an exclusive rights free agent. He played five games last season, this past season, including his first uh, career NFL start in that uh, throwaway regular season finale against the Cleveland Browns. Penn's practiced yesterday. They're getting ready for the Washington Capitals on Friday night. No Connor Sheary. Uh, he has a lower body injury. And to Crystal Tang and Sidney Crosby given the day off after their uh, trip to the All-Star game and then return and appearance in the game the other night. Uh, Matt Murray, uh, one of the stars uh, in the Tuesday night victory over San Jose. Here's Mike Sullivan talking about his uh, starting goaltender in that 5-2 win over the Sharks. 
I just think, you know, Matt's a mature kid. I think, uh, you know, he's he's grounded. I think he has he has good perspective on on where he's at and the opportunity in front of him. Um, he's just a great kid, and and I think he's I think because of that, I think uh, he handles uh, adverse situations extremely well. You know, whether it be. Uh, ups and downs in a season, or whether it be um, you know ups and downs within a game, and and, and, and dealing with the adversities that, that challenge that challenge players or teams in, in a game, or in this particular life instance, you know when he when he when he loses his dad. So um, he's just a great kid that that has good perspective, I think, and and because of that, I think he handles situations extremely well. Yeah, Tuesday night was Murray's first game with the Penguins back since uh, the death of his father. What a point by Phil Bork yesterday on our show when he talked about that maybe being the first hockey game Matt Murray ever played that his dad wasn't directly or indirectly involved in. Right. That his dad didn't watch or talk to him on the phone afterwards or uh, attend in person. Uh, can't even imagine I that. can't even. I mean, he sounded a little choked up after the game. Yeah. that's. I, I think in, in his situation – my dad died in 1998. Not a day goes by since I don't think about him, but I, I think it's exacerbated if you're in that situation. Yeah, when you're a 23-year-old kid, you're, you're relying on him in those, you know. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty scary thing to be thrust into the spotlight of the NHL like that, and just a remarkable poise once again, which is what we've always known him to yeah. possess. Do you remember when Favre's dad died and he went out on Monday Night Football and threw like four touchdowns? He went yes. off. Yes, I it was it was pretty incredible to watch because he was emotional throughout the game. As a former degenerate gambler, Brett Favre on Monday night was one of the best things and just one of the funnest rituals. You could get your ass handed to you all weekend, and then Brett Favre Monday Night Football <laughs> load up. Brett Favre was a lot of fun on a lot of levels. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt. We started taking too many pictures. Well. You know, it was uh, he started taking too many pills. Well, he's always doing that. <laughs> Reportedly, true. he's getting Allegedly. sued right now for some business thing. He's like he had a startup that went bad, and it was like a heavy number. I want to say like 150 mil. Wow, that's a, that's a heavy number. <laughs> yeah, he's got that in the back of his Wranglers. Come on, that's a lot of Wrangler jeans. <laughs> he threw he threw for 399 yards and four touchdowns. The night after his dad died. Yeah, oh, to beat the Raiders on Monday Night Football, 41-7. to I think it was in Oakland, too, right? I'm not sure of that. Pretty sure it was. Uh, Pirates picked up lefty reliever Jeff Smoker from the Mets yesterday in exchange for minor league pitcher Daniel Samora Old and cash considerations. Uh, Smoker <laughs> has been in the majors uh, parts of the last two seasons, 4-2 and two with a 5.02 ERA in 74 career games, 71 and two-thirds innings. Got 93 strikeouts in 71 and two-thirds innings. Hey. He's also got 36 walks in 71 and two-thirds hey. innings. So. That's not the former uh, Michigan State quarterback, is it? Josh Smoker. <laughs> oh, okay. You're confusing him with Jeff Smoker. I thought you said Jeff Smoker. Did I? You might have had a habit. I, don't I, I might have. I'm a little uh, distracted, Le- perhaps. Really sharing up that bullpen, though. Good things for the Buccos. Yeah, I would get my uh, 
<laughs> playoff tickets now. Buy your luxury box tickets oh, now. Oh, yeah, they're going to compete. Val, what do you got coming up? We're going to talk about uh, the fact that if you want to boost your sex life, you need to change your diet. I'll tell you the things you should be eating. 1000 bucks in workforce cash coming up after 7. It is the DVE morning show. Believe it or not, it's coming back again. The 8th annual Sheer the Beard. Now, this one's going to be a special one. For those who don't know, every year, <laughs> Brett the Diesel Kiesel, Pittsburgh Steeler, all-time great. He of the most famous beard. One First of the, ballot Hall of Fame beard. No doubt. One of the most famous beards in NFL history. I he, don't think that that's hyperbolic. No, I mean, look, his, his beard was the subject of a couple of Super Bowl runs. The media was obsessed with his beard. And he it, he grows it out so quick. Like, it, it really looks like he just grunts and it goes up three or four inches. He does some guy stuff. He chops one piece of wood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be great if you just did doing guy stuff, just grew a beard? Like, I'm going to throw this log <laughs> over my shoulder and walk through the woods. I would, Val, I'd be out there chopping wood nonstop. I'd want to have the biggest beard. I cannot grow a beard. No. Uh, Sheer th- that's, I I've guess tried. that's a guy issue. Like, Sheer if the- you lose your hair, you can't grow a beard. It's, like, troublesome Oh yeah, for men. It is. You feel inadequate, <laughs> especially if there's other beards all around you. Right. Like, what's so special the about these you. guys? Yeah. Beards to the left of me, beards to the right. I want you to just let start it hunting. grow. And I want to see what it looks like. I had, well, you know, last week. Disgusting. I was laid up, so I, I had, it, you Didn't know, shave. five days. Uh, and it's just stupid looking. <laughs> I'll be the judge. Yeah, mine looks disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Let I let grow. it grow one time for like a month and a half. Leading up to Kennedy's birth, I was like, I'm going to grow a, a, be a playoff beard for my daughter. I'm going to be a <laughs> dad. And it just looked filthy. It looked like that pictures? Sidney Crosby crusty mustache from Dirty his early playing days. But he can even grow a beard now. Yeah. Sid the kid, baby face. He practiced. My husband has a pretty good beard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And all my brothers. He's like a groomed beard guy, though. He's the classic Pittsburgh beard guy where it's like groomed, shaved, (laughs) pointed. Well, if you can grow a beard, you kind of have to take care of it. Eh, You don't have to. A lot of people don't. I mean, you have to, you You can't let it grow oils and stuff in it. Wild. So somehow, Brett Kiesel, for this Shear the Beard, has talked Phil Bork into shaving his beard. Who has a magnificent beard and really doesn't want to let it go. No, it's a crazy beard. The now, good thing is they can always come back. Right. The beard. So on February 16th <laughs> at Jurgles, it's Shear the Beard 8. And not only are we going to shear Brett Kiesel's beard with a host of Steelers alumni, Phil Bork's beard's coming off too. Now, if you've never been to one, here's what I, here's what it's like. It's basically like a reunion party to celebrate the Super Bowl teams that Brett was on. <laughs> yeah. And all his former teammates come back into town, and they they did something which I think was really smart this year. They moved it to a Friday night 
so they can coerce the Heath Millers and people like that. Like, hey, come back into town for the weekend. We'll have a big party. And then Kiesel's, you know, throw a big soiree at their house over the weekend. And, you know, what I'm saying is I think this is going to be a pretty nostalgic weekend. It's a good time. It's a blast, and it's for a great cause. It all benefits Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh Cancer Programs. Go to dve.iheart.com for tickets. That's dve.iheart, not dve.com. Now we're dve.iheart.com. If you go to dve.com, it still goes there. Then just go to dve.com. That's going to be too confusing. They know where I heart. I just type in dve.com. It always gets me there. All right, there you go. Right. Just go to dve.com <laughs> to get tickets for the 7 o'clock show. Donnie Iris is going to be performing. Nice. By the way. Donnie, so Donnie. will Chris Jameson, who you know from The Voice. Yes. So that is, once again, February 16th. Good times. Share the beard eight at Jurgles. Vincent, will you teach me how to paint? Teresa. Yeah, it's the DVE morning show. By the way, I'll be hosting that Cheer the Beard. Not hosting, emceeing. Brett's hosting. I'm emceeing. I'm going to have to do Cheer the Fu Manchu. Cheer <laughs> the Soul Patch. Cheer, cheer the. Uh... I'm telling you, you should let it grow for the next year, and then you could be in on it next year. No. Yeah. Yeah. Why no, do you want you me do to it. look stupid? This is like, I, I don't even I know. This is like see, hurtful. I want to see. I don't believe that you can't grow a beard. I want to see it. She wants you to not only feel inadequate to yourself, right. but show <laughs> us all how inadequate you are. Yeah. yeah. I bet it's not as bad as you think. I bet it is. I bet you can grow a gnarly mustache. Yeah, I got a German mustache. And then it's it's Patch City. Then grow, on your, grow a on mustache. Sure, the uh, mustache. You grow a mustache. Well, what makes you think I haven't? <laughs> you sit far away. <laughs> I'm 50 now. <laughs> Val, Val and her mustache has news next. Um, <laughs> what are you talking about there? We are going to talk about the foods you should eat to boost your sex life. Not necessarily the traditional aphrodisiacs, okay. but... Stuff that's like fuel. Yeah. It's February. Cannot wait to have a beer. After my... Pretty dry, pretty dry January. Yeah, it's gonna be. Well, you drank a few times, no, no, so no. it's not. You haven't been waiting that so, long. You drank no, last. Uh, you right. drank last week. <laughs> not really. I mean, I had I had uh, a beer and a half. It's Slack's going God, away party last Wednesday. I mean, that's been that's a long time. Those are big beers. Though. Really looking forward to having that beer. I mean, I feel like I earned it after a pretty dry January. Thousand bucks of workforce cash next. You know when you go to these events and mm-hmm. they have the tongs and and everybody's supposed to use the tongs. Right. If you put your hand in and don't touch anything else but the one thing you're going to eat, yeah. it's much healthier. I know, but that's a lot of pressure. Grabbing the stupid tongs. Do you trust everybody else <laughs> to do a singular like it's operation, like they can pull the piece of cheese out there without grabbing four of them? I don't trust anybody else. No. That's why they got to have tongs. We can't have nice things. We have to have tongs. This is why we have tongs, Sally. Sally Wiggins going to do a uh, Chronicles on Tongs coming up. <laughs> Tong Chronicles. When's t- when is Tong Chronicles? I don't think it's a big enough topic. It is. Yeah. We when, could do a topic on germs. Right after pigs fly, I germs, think. Germs, definitely. Yeah. definitely germs. All right. Well, it's good to see you. I'm done. I'm you gonna look, go, I'm you gonna look have thin. 
You look thin. No, but I'm not. You look thin. You should have a punch key. Thanks, guys, very much. You're the much. best. See Sally. Be be love you. What is that? Uh, what brand? Uh, what's your top say there? What does that say? What is that? H? It's, what is that? It's Irish horsewear. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the Sally just coming in show. yesterday say goodbye slack and she's wearing some Irish horsewear you know yeah. like the under armor of Irish horses <laughs> as you do yeah everybody has a li- at least one article of Irish horsewear in their closet <laughs> right yeah you'd think uh we were talking about she was talking about tongs and people grabbing stuff the flu won't go away it, it is uh now I understand they're they're worried about it in the Olympics and the Super Bowl. Oh. Because of all those people together. If it becomes the Flooper Bowl, <laughs> we are looking at one big epidemic, folks. Val, with your news right now, what's happening? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Motor 11. It's 41 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Giant Eagle Curbside Express. I'm Val Porter. One person was killed and a number of others injured when a train collided with a garbage truck in Virginia on Wednesday. What's notable about that train is that on board were several congressmen who were headed to a retreat at the Greenbrier in West Virginia. The accident occurred on the tracks at Crozet, which is about 126 miles from D.C. The NTSB is investigating. Donald Trump will be headed for the retreat today to speak to lawmakers. And President Trump will not give an interview on Super Bowl Sunday, a presidential tradition over the past decade. Trump has reportedly rejected requests from NBC, but the invitation remains open if he changes his mind. Trump interviewed on Fox last year when it broadcast the game, but this year it's on NBC a network Trump has repeatedly attacked as fake news. <laughs> a Florida man says he wants to rally investors to bring an NBA team to Pittsburgh. The man behind Pro Basketball Associates is asking for $125,000 towards the high-risk investment. On Tuesday, Mayor Bill Peduto received a letter stating the group's intentions along with a list of investors. Channel 2 spoke with some of those investors who denied being part of the project and even expressed pessimism an NBA team would ever call Pittsburgh home. It's kind of so not sure what this guy is doing. I don't know. It's kind of crazy that we don't have one because we're not a super small market. Yeah, but we have and three big... major teams and we're okay. we are a I mean, we're not top 20 market. We have three we... major sports teams to support. Are we considered small market for baseball? Medium, middle. Yeah, I think no, you know. Actually, maybe we are small. I don't know. You know, I, I know they take into account all of Western Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. As a broadcasting market, we've yeah. slipped. I think we're down to the 24. Might be lower than that. Oh, it's even gone down even yeah. further. Boy, it was, I think it was 19 when I we first got here. We were 18 when I started, yeah. Uh, but an NBA team just is not going to survive here. There's no way there's enough advertising dollars to go around. Because if Crazy. you have a luxury box buying capacity, you know, picking the NBA team over Steelers, Penguins, mm-hmm. Pirates yeah. is going to be a oh, tough Oh, yeah, side. and those courtside seats yeah. are dough. Yeah. But, but if you had a play, I mean, honestly. If you had a marquee player yeah. like a LeBron or somebody like that, then it might work. But. I don't think we have enough people to afford to go to hockey games and basketball games during the same season for that yeah. many. I don't think it's the same demo. I don't it's think there's a lot of crossover between people that would go to NBA games and NHL games. Yeah, it's people who have $100 to go to a game. That's the crossover. It's not as much cultural as it is socioeconomic, which I guess is cultural, but... Yeah. 
Well, you, you know, you gotta you gotta be able to afford. You know, they have to sell so many season tickets to survive. And I don't know that that happens. Almost every sports championship, you get the politicians from each town mm-hmm. making the customary bet. But fans in Philly and Boston are banning foods from the other team's city. In Boston, Fenway's craft beer is pulling Philly craft beers from their shelves. A bakery there banning Philly cream cheese. There's a place called the Charles River Esplanade, which is a, like a three and a half mile park area. Mm-hmm. They're prohibiting everything from Philly cheesesteaks to Will Smith. <laughs> And oh, wow. uh, that's in, very specific. That's <laughs> right. a very specific ban. In Philly, bakeries are banning Boston cream pie and donuts, instead calling them creamed Boston. Uh, and yeah. some fans have gone to Boston and maybe maybe it's employees Boston Market restaurants. Uh-huh. They're covering up Boston and putting Philly <laughs> over the over the restaurant sign. Philly Market. Yes. <laughs> If you need a little boost for your sex life, you should change your diet. A nutritionist says there are certain foods that have been linked to increasing sex drive due to their nutritional value and their role in blood flow. Not like it's going to get you randy and in the mood. Blood Uh, flow. Blood flow. There are 10. They include apples. Not Uh only does an apple a day keep the doctor away, it get you charged up they're packed but then with... if you get too charged up don't you have to call the doctor <laughs> maybe <laughs> if your apple boner lasts more than four hours <laughs> they are packed with the antioxidant uh curcetin which can help to ease symptoms of intest- interstitial cystitis which can cause a low sex drive in women so ladies eat apples Chili contains capsaicin, which produces heat and boosts endorphins. That's the feel-good hormone, which raises testosterone levels. But aren't you really playing with fire if you eat chili? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a a risky one. That's risk-reward. That's 40, 60. Gotta make it quick. That's putting some fuel in the tank that might have some uh, (laughs) ramifications out of the exhaust. (laughs) Eggs pack essential nutrients, and they're rich in vitamins B5 and B6, and research has found that can balance hormone levels and lessen stress, two things which are believed to play a key role in keeping up a healthy libido. Garlic. Now, this is not something you eat and then have sex. This is over the long term. <laughs> right. Helps in stopping fatty <laughs> deposits in arteries but it is because it contains a natural anticoagulant, which means it thins the blood, allowing it to reach sexual organs more easily and helps in arousal and arrival. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know That's that. That's garlic. Arousal, arousal and arrival. <laughs> what those the two guys in Millie Vanilli? <laughs> One of them sadly passed away. <laughs> seafood. R.I.P. Uh-huh. According to uh, this nutritionist, seafood, a well-known aphrodisiac, oysters, clams, and scallops contain compounds which raise testosterone and estrogen levels which boost sexual desire. Salmon, known for omega-3s, means a healthy heart which keeps your sex drive alive, and omega-3s raise dopamine levels in the brain to trigger arousal. Oh. Oh, well. <laughs> oh. Didn't know that. Oh, arousal. Nuts. Almonds and cashews are rich in zinc, which can boost blood flow to sexual organs. Cashews are uh, dangerous. Why is that? They're so good. They're so good. I don't like cashews. You don't? No, they're too creamy. (laughs) I mean, when you eat them, aren't they 
They have like a creamy texture. It's like butter. I like a good pistachio because it combines nuts and cardio. You got to (laughs) work. You got to work for it. Well, you got to take one pistachio shell and then make that your tool going forward. So you take the half the pistachio shell and you use that as a like a little pistachio digger. Oh, you know what I mean. (laughs) I never knew that. Stick that in the little crease of the next pistachio and turn it. It's like a little key. Man, I've been uh, tearing my fingers out. No need to do that, my friend. 20 plus years. All you got to do is open one. Walnuts. Then then you got a a little tool. Walnuts, peanuts, and sunflower seeds contain arginine, which is used to treat erectile dysfunction. Walnuts are probably the hardest to get down because if you eat them raw, it's just like, what is this? (laughs) And sometimes it has that little skin on the outside and you you get the little shuck in the back of your throat. Yeah, well, (gasps) peanuts too. Feels like you're eating wood chips from a planter. Meat contains amino acids, uh, which improve blood flow, and that's key for sexual response. Red wine, according to the Journal of Sexual Medicine, one or two glasses increased sexual desire in women. Dark chocolate, if the content, uh, the cocoa content is above 70%. <laughs> I'll be sure to ask next time. Excuse me, what's the cocoa content? <laughs> I gotta have this dark. It contains a lot of phenylethylamine, which can increase, uh, can release similar endorphins to those sparked by sex, and research has found that can increase sexual attraction. I picture a guy like having a hard time getting it up and just be like, hold on, and just going and workshopping it, cracking an egg. (laughs) This didn't work. Hold on a second. He puts on the Rocky sweats for no reason, (laughs) snorts a line of cocoa. (laughs) (laughs) Still nothing. Give me a handful of walnuts. Let me have a bowl of chili. You know what? I feel like laying down. Right. Honestly, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I got a rager, but I have to lay down. You do all the work. <laughs> Meryl Streep is among 20 people being inducted into New Jersey's Hall of Fame. The Academy Award winner will be joining E Street Band guitarist Stevie Van Zant, Debbie Harry of Blondie, astronaut brothers Mark and Scott Kelly, cake boss Buddy Velastro, and singer Frankie Valli will be inducted during a ceremony May 6th. It'll take place at the Paramount Theater in Asbury Park. Longtime Journey keyboardist Jonathan Kane is set to release his memoir, Don't Stop Believin', on May 1st. It'll be the first book by any member of the band, which that's surprising. Surprised one of those guys haven't written a book yet. Uh, it includes Kane sharing his stories about his faith and the inspiration for co writing Don't Stop Believin'. Kane, who has been a member of Journey for 36 years, also wrote Faithfully and co-wrote Who's Crying Now and Open Arms. He's the ballad guy, I guess, in the band. Oh, he's such a whiner. He had the worst uh, the worst weapon in the Journey video game. Do you remember the Journey video game? No, no. I never played that. Oh, dude, the Journey video game was pretty hilarious. But, like, Neil Sean used to, like, shoot out of his guitar. But, like, Jonathan Cain had, like, literally a piano, and he would, like, think, like, and shoot... <laughs> things out of a piano like Lasers. where what yeah. was was the was it like a fighting game were you just on it a, was like a, a, a sideways, midnight train going anywhere yeah it was like a sideways space invaders type thing huh but hmm. yeah and then that song you know south detroit there is no that's Win- windsor <laughs> i guess yeah that's uh toledo yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
And former Judas Priest guitarist K.K. Downing is set to issue his memoir called yeah. Heavy, which will probably be a lot more exciting than Jonathan Cain's. Um, uh, that I want to see. Uh, it's called read. Heavy Duty, Days and Nights in Judas Priest. It's uh, set to hit bookstore shelves on September 18th. It'll focus on the heavy metal icon's wild ride with Priest, which started in 1969. Wow. All the way through 2009. He retired officially from the band in 2011. He's promising fans that they'll get to read all about the onstage, backstage, and studio antics of the band that many consider one of the founding fathers of heavy metal. How do those guys write those books, though? How can they be relied on to be reliable sources? Weren't they just, like most of those guys are in a drug haze for a decade plus. Have you have either of you seen Tales from the Tour Bus on Cinemax? It's like no. uh, Mike Judge mm-hmm. did a bunch of like, outlaw country guys like like just telling stories and you know stuff that might not be you know well known and he animated he like filmed them sitting down telling these stories and then he animated it uh, but that happens all the time like where one of the guys will be telling a story of what happened and then Mike Judge will like stop it and be like now it's important to realize that the Police report actually says <laughs> something completely different. Like Billy That's Joe the Shaver, baseline of facts. Billy Joe Shaver's like, reports. well, the guy pulled out a revolver and he shot at me three times. And that's when I knew I had to return fire. And then Mike Judge is like, uh, it should be noted that the police report said the man only had a knife. <laughs> no gun. I didn't have a gun. So to answer your question, Bill, uh, you have to you have to look into different sources, you know, to back up your own stories once you get to a certain age. <laughs> yeah, when you're doing a rock bio. And I think that every book could start with that I Tanya disclaimer. Like, look, these are wildly conflicting accounts yes. of <laughs> what happened here. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle. It may or may not have happened this way. Chance of rain, mid-40s for the high today. It's 41 at DVE. So yesterday, Phil Bork was on the show, and I asked him about Yager retiring. Yager Yager. Yep. Hmm. The uh, long run coming to an end, and, I mean, you know him pretty well. You've played with this guy. Yeah. This guy, he's pretty good. Incredible. It, can you yeah. – I know where he ranks in, you know, with statistically, um, but how do you – how do you talk about Yarmer Yager's career in the NHL? Amazing. The longevity and the numbers and the, and the big games, the big goals. I mean, for me, the, the first thing that jumps into my brain is game one against Chicago and that goal that he scored where he went through about 18 different guys and then went <laughs> backhand five hole on Eddie Belfour. Uh, that one will forever be etched in my mind. But also, a couple of those ones against Jersey in 99. Too. <laughs> has everybody in this room had their heart broken at one time? Yes. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I still have that residual feeling from when he went to the Philadelphia Flyers, and I have a tough time letting it yep. go. And I think someday that he will be honored Really? Here. I am shocked by that. I, I think someday... I hate the Flyers, man. I know you I, do, and, but and, like... And <laughs> we thought it was done. It was, there, wait there a was minute, a time, you went to the Rangers. Hold on. I went to the... I went, wait a minute. That's because the, the Penguins didn't want to sign me. The Penguins didn't want me anymore. They didn't want to sign me, I and I was an unrestricted free agent. The Penguins did want to sign Yager. Everything yeah, but was, not for what the Flyers wanted to pay him. Okay, it was this much more. It was just a little <laughs> bit more. He's holding his thumb and his forefinger together very <laughs> <Okay>? close. <laughs> and we were ready as a community to say, you know what, 
we booed the living daylights out of you when you were playing for all these other teams with Washington, the Come Rangers. Back. It was time. It's time, Yags. Come, Come home. back. <laughs> Come home. We're ready for you. The arms are open. Let's embrace. Right. Let's have a team hug. Yeah. And he went right here <laughs> and said, no, nope, I'm going to the team you hate the most. I'm going to the Flyers. And I probably need to let that go. No, that was brutal. Let that go. You think? No, that's brutal because we're going through it right now with James Harrison going to the Patriots. It is the worst possible location for a a star that you love. Yeah. And you know what? Time will heal all, and he'll go over playing the Czech League, and he'll continue to make his his big money, and then finally he'll ride off into the sunset. And time will heal all, and there'll be a time when he'll come back, and we'll all embrace him and honor him for for what he did because he did some amazing things here in Pittsburgh well, on correct, the ice. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong about this. The One of the weird aspects of him not signing here and going to Philadelphia was that he and Mario have always had this really strange dynamic in that he worships Mario and right. looks up to him. But for some reason, I don't know, it just seems to me like those two, uh, they weren't as fast friends, as much fast friends as maybe... I don't know, maybe but they both wanted to be. Yeah. I could have that wrong too. But it seemed to me that more than being willing to sign Yarmir Yager and bring him back, it, it represented like this olive branch for lack of a better way of Well, Yogg's also contextualizing says things, it. and it's kinda like throwing a rock in the middle of a pond because he likes to see the reverb and he likes to see the ripples right. after he says things. And you know what? I actually believed you, Yogg's, when you said I owe everything in my career to, to Mario Lemieux. Yeah. And hopefully someday I can come back to Pittsburgh. I would play for minimum salary to come back and show <laughs> Mario how much he meant to me. So we gave him minimum? Anyone no, go. No, we, <laughs> we gave him a lot more than minimum. And he said... Yeah, right. <laughs> he did the thing again, folks. Yeah. yeah. One finger salute. Yeah. yeah. And so... With the elbow action. You know what? That's, that's Yogg's. He's bounced around. He's played for a lot of different teams. I do find it interesting that his first two years in the National Hockey League... He wins a Stanley Cup in both and never won another one after that. Douchebag Yager. No, nah, well, I don't know if I go that far, but he, uh, I don't know, I thought he know, was, was really, an emotional time. He was an incredible pain in the ass to deal with at times for the media, but yeah. I, I'm just looking at the body work. I'm blown away by those incredible. numbers. I mean, incredible. And, and then he did as much as he did here in Pittsburgh, 11 yeah. years, and how many of his points, half of them, maybe close to half of them. Yeah. Uh, his body of work, his signature stuff is here, and I think 68 should be up in the roof at some I, point. I, I agree with you, too. I mean, as much as, as that chafes me, um, you know, you can't deny <laughs> yeah. what he did here. And uh, like I said, in a couple years, three years, however long it is, when we don't hear his name anymore, and then all of a sudden you hear that the Penguins are going to have a ceremony, I think we'll all embrace How about it. What if he burns of- the jersey at the ceremony, the, the Philly Flyers jersey? Would that help? That would help a lot. We would bury it. <laughs> it would help a lot. How about yeah. instead of the jersey, we hang the mullet? <laughs> just a mullet? Just a mullet <laughs> hanging. From- <laughs> it is the DVE Morning Show, and joining us right now from the Dallas Morning News Talk of Fame Network host, Rick Goslin. Goose, good morning. How are you? Excellent. I'm getting on a plane going to Minneapolis today where it's single-digit, double-digit uh, wind chill, so I won't be excellent in about seven hours. Now, you'll be cold. <laughs> there's no doubt about it. But you will be yes, put sir. up in the uh, in the wonderful confines of the Mall of America. Oh, can hardly wait. Yeah. That'll, that, w- perfect Super Bowl setting, just like the founders <laughs> drew it up. So, Believe me, I can, I can find malls in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, that's not the problem. But, all right, so before we get to the Super Bowl, with the, the vote looming... For the Hall of Fame, as uh, things have shaken out here in the last couple of weeks since the last time we've spoken with you, 
how much more likely or unlikely has it become that Alan Fanica will be in that class of 2018? I think in the last couple of weeks, I found the process even more muddled. I, I think Ray Lewis is in, and I think it is anybody's guess who the other four are going to be. The problem you got with the offensive line, you got five of them, and it's going to split the room. And I think at least three of them knocked out in the first cut. But I, I, can, I can see Fanica coming out. I could see Ty Law coming out. I could see Edger and James coming out. It is, it's going to be a jump ball after, uh, after Ray Lewis. How much do you guys pay attention to all the campaigning? I, I imagine you try to ignore it, but does some of that stuff ever strike a chord? Now, we've heard a lot back here in the last week, Bill Coward, Jerome Bettis, all the Fanica people going public saying, put them in, put them in, put them in. Does that matter? Yeah, I, I, I haven't heard any, any of that. Uh, of course, I'm in Dallas. I'm hearing a lot of the Everson Wall stuff. Um, but, no, I, I mean, I've, I like to think I'm pretty well-educated on the, on the process and the candidates. I've been working on this slate for for years. Uh, you know, we've had Fanic in the room before. I did a lot of work on him last year. Look, he belongs. He's got a better resume than either Moss or Owens. Okay, he's got nine Pro Bowls, first team all decade. Uh, he won a championship, which Moss and Owens didn't. Sixty-nine percent of everybody in Canton won championships. He checked all the all the boxes. The only problem he's got, he plays guard. And this is a, such a, a it's become a younger committee, and this committee is obsessed with stats. And guards don't have stats, and that's that's the only issue facing Fanica. That when they look at the slate, they they're going to give preferential treatment to left tackles because that's what this committee does and then guards, and then centers. So, you know, Kevin Malway sitting there. He's also a, a deserving a first-team uh, first all-decade guy, and I think he's a long shot. I, I think virtually everybody in, except Ray Lewis in this class is a long shot. What was it about Ray Lewis that made made you so sure in the last couple of weeks he's a shoe in That's what everybody's been telling me on the committee. Yeah. Just, <laughs> so I guess. I think he threatened yeah, everybody. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everybody's been saying it, uh, and, and people I've talked to, uh, you know, coaches and, and general managers and people have played against him have said he's the, he's the one guy in the belt. I, I asked a guy uh, today, give me your five, and he had first name Ray Lewis. He had both Owens and Moss on there, and I don't really see us putting in two wide receivers. But, um, I, again, I, I could see – any combination of four after Lewis, and it'll be a good class. We got—I I told you guys before—we got uh, 17 players in this room. 14 are all decade. We're going to tell at least nine all decade guys. It's not your turn yet. That we have found five better players. That's that's saying yeah. quite a bit. That's crazy. How about the game, Goose? Uh, I know you're a big believer in, in certain uh, numerical indicators. You like that number one defense thing. Uh, these two teams are pretty similar statistically. Do you see a compelling deciding element of the matchup? Yeah, I like the Eagles in this one. I think uh, I think they match up well. And, again, you know me, Mike, I, I like defense. And 40 of the 51 champions ranked in the top 10 in defense, 41 of the 51 champs ranked in the top 10 in scoring defense. Eagles ranked fourth in defense, fourth in scoring defense. Patriots bring in the 29th ranked defense, second worst defense any team's ever brought to Super Bowl. The worst was the 2011 Patriots, which brought the 31st-ranked defense. They had Belichick. They had Brady. They had a 500-point offense. They had all the hype of their dynasty, and the wildcard Giants beat them. So, I, I, again, I like the defensive indicators, and I think the, the, the Eagles have what can cause problems. Brady hates the inside pass rush. 
and the Eagles are bringing Fletcher Cox up the gut. And I think if, if they can knock him around like Jacksonville knocked him around for the first three quarters, I think the Eagles can win this game. And I don't think – Nick Foles has been a past Pro Bowl quarterback. This guy has, has been in big games. This guy has had a six-touchdown game against the Raiders. This is not Chase Daniel we're talking about here. We're talking about an accomplished quarterback. And, you know, he struggled when he first got in the lineup. I was talking to Tony Dunsey the other day, and he said, you know, the guy didn't have any first-team snaps since uh, summer. So then he get the bye. He has two weeks of practice, two weeks of first-team snaps. Came out and said two great playoff games. I expect him to play well in the Super Bowl. If he doesn't make mistakes, I think the Eagles win. Wow. So we were kind of uh, kicking it around earlier, saying that uh, it was likely that the line was going down because people just want to want to believe that the Eagles can win because nobody wants the Patriots to win another one except for Patriots fans. No, I think if, if you're betting Patriots, you're betting Brady. You're betting Tom Brady is going to find a way to win this game like he always does. But this is not not the same Tom Brady five years ago. Tom Brady at one point this season threw interceptions in five consecutive games. There have been seasons when he didn't throw five interceptions. And now, you know, he's had he had a string on like six consecutive games without 300 yards passing. But this is not the same Tom Brady, and this is not the same Patriots team. Uh, the Eagles have the number one run defense. The, the Patriots don't run the ball. They've got they bring the pass rush in waves. They got four guys coming off the edge. Fletcher Cox and Jernan come up the middle. I, I think they're going to give the Patriots all kinds of, of pass rush problems. And on the flip side, I don't know how the, the the Patriots don't have a great pass rush. I don't know how they're going to cover those three wideouts and the tight end. I think there's always going to be a guy for Foles to throw to. The question is, will, will he get them the ball? If Brady ends up finding a way to win this one, what, what what does he have to add to his legacy? Is it just a furthering of the pack, uh, or furthering himself from the pack, or is he trying to be the first player ever inducted into the hall while he's still playing? I mean, <laughs> like, what does six rings do for, for Brady? Uh, well, it, it keeps him solidly entrenched as the second greatest quarterback of all time behind Johnny Unites. <laughs> I love Big that. Big Johnny, you guy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, you know, people talk about, oh, Tom Brady, you know, he's six Super Bowls. Oh, well, hey, Otto Graham went to ten consecutive title games, okay? Yeah, ten but. Ten consecutive title games. Yeah, but there weren't any commercials in those games. And, and Tom Brady, uh, Otto Graham never went ten years in a row without winning a championship like Brady did. Plus, wasn't he also the place kicker? He, he also won. Uh, an NBA title during one offseason playing for the Rochester or whatever, the Rochester Americans or whatever. They the Rochester Royals, excuse me, Rochester Royals. Now, I'm, I'm, I've always been a Johnny U guy. Johnny U invented the two-minute drill. Everything Brady's doing, Unitas invented. He invented the comeback. He, you know, if you watch highlights of film, there's a difference. Unitas had the arm. Brady's never had a great arm. And I think what you're seeing now, he's become a short pass quarterback. Uh, and I think nine of his last eleven touchdown passes have been five yards or less. I like he, this. He doesn't. He, he doesn't throw the ball. He'll he'll take a shot, but he won't take a shot that he took five and six years ago. This is and, my and new I think defense. That's the difference. Yeah, if you, if you can if you can pass rush him and, and cover underneath, I I think you can beat the Patriots. And I think the Eagles have the formula to do that. You just gave me a response. That's all I wanted is something to be able to say if Brady won. Well, he's no Johnny U, and you know that's all. You you gave me a great gift today. I just want to have that in my pocket. Yeah. Well, maybe if he wins ten, 
Maybe I'll consider. But, you, know, you, 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 you got four more. You don't play your 45 times, then go win four more, and we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll talk to you in five years. Uh, <laughs> looking at this Philadelphia <laughs> roster, Goose, it, it's not a, they've lost a lot of people. Carson Wentz, Jason Peters, Darren Sproles, uh, Jordan Hicks. Not a lot of high-profile stars on offense in terms of numbers. Uh, are they kind of changing – the dynamic of how you should set a team up, have a bunch of good guys as opposed to four or five best at their position types and then fill in the rest with what you can? Yeah, unless you got Tom Brady, it's always about building the best 53. And, and what I really like about this Eagles team is they, they did it every way possible. They, they traded for Jernigan. They traded for Ronald Darby. They signed uh, Chris Long at free agency. They they they, uh, they drafted. They've been drafting pass rushers for years. Brandon Graham and um, uh, Derek Barnett were first rounders. Vinnie Curry, a second rounder. Uh, Chris Long, who they signed with the second overall pick of this draft. Fletcher Cox was a first rounder. Timmy Jernigan, they traded for, was a second rounder. You want to win in the NFL? Build a defensive line. Build a front seven that that can that can pass that can rush the passer. They've done that. In free agency last year, when Wentz struggled, they said, you know something, it's not Carson Wentz. we got to get him better weapons. They go out and sign Elshon, trade for Elshon Jeffrey. They signed Torrey Smith in free agency. They went and got some guys they could trust. They signed LeGarrette Blunt, who's their, their goal line basher. And I think Blunt could be a factor this week. I think the Eagles may struggle uh, stopping those two guys in the running game. They built, they used every avenue they could to build a roster. I mean, getting trading for J.H.I., Mid-season, hmm. I mean, what a coup! I, I thought I thought they did that to keep him away from the Cowboys. Didn't mean no, they were they were doing that for themselves to, to go win a to win a Super Bowl. They just the, the GM did a great job of building a roster using every avenue possible. Well, uh, I'm hoping that uh, you got this one pegged right. I'd love to see the Eagles. Don't bet my picks. No, I'm not betting nothing. <laughs> I just look. All I know is, uh, you know, you gave me the Johnny U out. That was great. And uh, I'm hoping for the best for Alan Fanica on Saturday. Goose Goslin uh, from the Talk of Fame Network, Dallas Morning News columnist for the NFL. Thank you so much for your time this morning. As always, Goose. My pleasure, guys. Safe travels. We'll see you. He's headed um, up to Minnesota. Thanks. And uh, that is not a going to be super fun weather-wise. Single eh, digits. So it's a little cold. But uh, they're in the mall. Well, I just I hate Super Bowls in cold weather. I think the Super Bowl should go should revolve between Miami, New Orleans, and Pasadena. Just yeah, some of the other it. way. I like the uh, I think the the elements are part of football. Yeah, me too. And I don't understand why you can play a champion conference championship game in sub zero weather, and it's kind of glorified as oh they overcame the other team and the element the weather and the cold and uh, then you have to play the the league championship game in pristine conditions indoors. Drive fast track. I mean, you know, let's line up when it's 15 degrees and snowing. Didn't so, you think the weather in, in Detroit kind of added to the atmosphere of that Super Bowl? No. no I, I hated I, it. Oh, you did? Uh, well, you, I was driving into uh, the Wren Center at 5 in the morning, sleet storms and ice storms. I hated it. I loved it. It was brutal. Yeah. Really? It was like pouring rain at the end of that game. Well, it was snowing the first night we got there. Now, all that said, if they made New Orleans the – Every year, yeah. Super Bowl destination, yeah. I would be in favor of that. Yeah, it's built for it. But that city Dallas is so was special. a disaster. They didn't uh, have one salt like, truck. Having it in San Diego just because the weather's nice. I'm, I'm not into that. Right. New Orleans, logistically, like you can walk around everywhere. You know, a, you could walk a mile and a half to the game if you have to without parking from your yeah. hotel room, you know. Uh, well, at any rate, 
Stan Tavern will be on a little bit later on this morning. You got another shot at a thousand bucks at workforce cash coming up. Uh, and uh, if you're still having trouble trying to figure out which is the lesser of two evils, we'll try to uh, 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 break it down for you a little bit further. The latest pr- uh, props and odds on Sunday's games on the way for you as well. DV. DVE Sports. Yeah, Mike Pertuta's got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's the word? Penn's getting ready for the Caps on Friday night. That's going to be a nice uh, lead into Super Bowl weekend. Pretty intriguing mid to middle to late NHL game, middle to late season NHL game. Uh, not a playoff game, but uh, an intriguing game nonetheless. And all eyes on Evgeny Malkin, who scored 12 goals in uh, January and has all of a sudden really started to assert himself. Mike Sullivan talked yesterday about the effect that the Malkin's current wingers, Patrick Hornquist and Carl Haglin, have had on Malkin. Uh, I, I think they have chemistry. I don't know if it's a Swedish thing or what. I think they're pretty good friends. Uh, you know, obviously they, you know, they're, they're very close off the ice. Uh, their skill sets are a little bit different, but but complementary in a lot of ways. You know, Haggy's a guy that can really skate, chases pucks down. I think they're both north-south guys. They play a straight-ahead game. And, I, and we believe as a coaching staff that really helps Gino. Uh, he, Gino tends to play a simpler game when he, when he plays with those type guys. And, uh, and, is, and there's less risk associated with Gino's game because of it. Uh, I think it's a, it's a, it's a line that's, that's very conscientious and, uh, and, and still creates the offensive production that, that we need from that line in order to have success. So um, it gives us the ability to create a little bit of balance by, by having the ability to move Phil to another line. Uh, but Haggy and, and Horny are, are two guys that uh, that I think they enjoy playing with one another. I think they uh, they have established some pretty good chemistry, regardless of who their center iceman is. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but we really like what we've seen. Interesting what he said and the way he said it. You're going to hear Mike Sullivan talk a lot the rest of the way about playing a simple game, less risk, conscientious, not just if we're getting Malkin, but... Uh, the way the Penguins need to go about their business is think defense and let the offense come to you. Uh, talks about the effect those guys have on getting Malkin to play moving straight ahead as opposed to sideways. That That's big for him. He's other world talented, but sometimes he's too talented for his own good. And yep. When you Tries find, to take it through the whole team. When you find that happy medium with just making the plays you can make and living the fight another day and dumping it the other times as opposed to coughing up a turnover that leads to a three-on-one the other way. Then the Penguins are on to something. Uh, no Connor Sheary yesterday at practice. Lower body injury. And uh, Sidney Crosby and Crystal Tang had the day off. Maybe we my- sticking with Sheary, by the way? Because I know they tried to change oh, it, it to Sherry. Did I just say Sheary? It, it is Sherry. I, that's going to take a while. I just I haven't been saying I, his name I'm too every far day, down. So, I, yeah. I, I I'm locked in. I'm I'm sorry, Sherry. A lot of people still say Malkin. Um, we never said San Antonio Holmes' name right until he caught the touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. San Antonio. San Antonio. <laughs> he was, you know, Martavius. Someday Martavius could be as good as right. San Antonio. Yeah. <laughs> you, you never know. You really got to be good for us to get your name right <laughs> but the my favorite lead in, in quite a while off an associated press story uh this one comes out of the uh, fighting city of philadelphia it's uh commissioner of police 
Richard Ross uh, warning the fan base not to go nuts should the Eagles win. Uh, Dateline Philadelphia, quote, we will not let you tear up the city. That's hilarious. That gets right to the point, doesn't it? (laughs) Warning businesses, bring your planters in. If they win, look out. Board stuff up, go down in the basement, have a generator. Get the fire hoses out. (laughs) College Hoops last night, Pitt lost at uh, Miami. The Panthers are 0-10 in the ACC, 8-15 overall. Duquesne wins again. 75-73 75-73 at George Washington. Dukes are 15-8 and eight overall and 6-4 and four in the Atlantic 10. Number 15 WVU falls at Iowa State. 93-77. The Mountaineers have lost three in a row and five of six. They're 16-6 overall, five and four in the Big 12. And Penn State loses at number five Michigan State, 76-68. Nittany Lions are 15-9 overall, five and six in the Big 10, Randall. Yeah, good stuff. So are you wondering what's the lesser of two evils here? In this Super Bowl of awful, are you having trouble trying to figure out who you should root for? Now, there's one line of thought that if the Eagles win a Super Bowl, then you can't ever say, like, ah, yeah, you know, we got six. You guys never even won one. And That's a big one. Don't forget that Eagles fans take off that Eagles jersey, and they got a Flyers jersey on underneath that. These are the same never people. Never forget that. If the enemy of your enemy is your friend, what happens if the enemy of your enemy was also your enemy to begin with? I think they stay your enemy. Like, because uh, by, I'm by bad that at logic, right. I mean, you could say the Patriots are your friend for that matter. So, tough to figure out who you should ultimately root for here. What's more important to you, the Steelers Lombardi Trophy tally versus the Patriots? I could say what's more important to the Steelers. Oh, I know what it is. And it's what you just said. All right. So, I mean, think of some of the intangibles. Like, what is in the lesser of two awfuls? Who's more awful? If you think of Boston sports, think of Boston sports radio. You got the guy this past week, after how many championships Brady has brought them, how much winning, he calls his five-year-old daughter an annoying little pissant. Another couple guys earlier this year, or late last year, you know, talking trash about Roy Holiday, uh, who died. (laughs) They're calling him a moron and stuff. They are notoriously brutal up there. Then you got Philly sports talk, all right? Now, the thing with Philly Sports Talk is uh, they fight each other, much like their fans. They just go <laughs> at one another. Jagoff sharpens Jagoff. Yesterday, there was like a fight on Radio Row between Philly guys, and they've been going at it forever. I don't even remember the, the name of those two guys. But it is one of the toughest. Pat and Gino, I think. Is that who it was? <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> one of the toughest sports talk towns. One is the king of stakes. Awful award has a... to go to Boston, right? I mean, well, it's got to. They've won so much, and they're so, so miserable, long, and they're so obnoxious about it. But they're so miserable still. They have this imagined persecution, like Adele yeah. has been hard on them. Yeah, yeah. Wham. Now, Mike, if you went to just like sports movies between the two teams, Boston, Fear Strikes Out. All right, the Jimmy Pearsall movie, Fever Pitch. With Jimmy Fallon. Terrible. <laughs> terrible Red Sox movie. Celtic Pride. That was the only one I could think of. It's just a bat, bat, three terrible. Summer Catch sucks. Th- uh, terrible movies. Yeah. Philadelphia, conversely, I mean. The gold standard. Rocky. Beats them all. Rocky. And then how about the new one? Chuck, which inspired Rocky. Classic. 
Great flick. And I'm going to throw Invincible in. Absolutely. The Vince Papali story. Even though it starred Marky Mark in a crossing of the streams of Super Bowl 52, which really muddies the waters. More awful goes to Boston. Terrible movies. Terrible acting. Anthony Perkins threw like a girl in Fear Strikes Out. It was one of the worst athlete actor trying to be an athlete in a sports movie performances (laughs) of all time. Close was Gary Cooper in Pride of the Yankees. Uh, Yeah, and William Bendix as uh, Babe Ruth. Also not exactly uh, uh, believable as uh, an athlete of any sort. Then, Then you go to the famous fans between the two teams. Boston. Marky Mark. Mr. I would have stopped 9-11 from happening. <laughs> ben Affleck. <laughs> Matt Damon. Uh, Chris Evans. Uh, Captain America. They, you know, they all come out of the woodwork for their Boston teams. What do you think of Goodwill Hunting? Oh, this is great. Uh, great uh, sports movie. But, classic yeah, movie. Great movie. It was a Boston movie that wasn't about... Knocking off bags. And no, if, if we being from Southie, <laughs> if we talk about Boston movies, we have to keep it to sports movies because non-sports movies are are pretty good up there. Yeah. So then, famous Philly fans, Frank Stallone. Eh, you know, huh? Ooh. is he famous? Yikes! <laughs> this is sure, not a good Sylvester. list. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone has been on his Instagram. He has photoshopped Eagles jerseys onto all of his Rocky photos of him like beating up Ivan Drago and he puts a <laughs> Patriots jersey on. on uh... Their in-game stuff is a ton of Rocky. Ah, uh, why wouldn't it be? All the scoreboard clips and everything. They play that song before yeah. key moments. Uh, right. the, the dramatic from Rocky. You know what I'm talking about. I got about, you. I oh yeah, the build-up. Uh, Will Smith, another famous Philly fan. Bradley Cooper. I mean, in the in the lesser of two awfuls. Oh, another Philly movie. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's true. Silver Linings Playbook, one yeah. of the best. Yeah, uh, tipping the scales towards Philly yeah. even more. And, Great movie. and accurate as it turns out. Yeah, they do actually fight one another. <laughs> Their sports talk hosts fight one another. Their fans. Their fans fight, each, fight other. each other. They don't need you to come to the games. No. They'll fight one another. Um, and uh, the the awful of those has to lean towards Boston again. I mean, Affleck cheated on his wife on Tom Brady's private plane. But, I mean, hey, if you're going to do it, yeah. that's the place. When we talk about fan bases, okay, between the two, Boston, well, all right, look, let's not even go there. It's Philadelphia. <laughs> There's no doubt it's Philadelphia. <laughs> I think Philadelphia wins all they the... They uh... are the worst on the planet. They had to grease up their poles downtown. To stop people from hanging on Broad Street, they fight one another in the parking lot if no one else is around. They have a court in the bowels of the stadium. That's how many criminal acts they commit during the game. They have their own jail. I think we got to throw in the historical stuff. The revolution. A lot of it happened in Boston, but it started in Philly. All right. So Philly wins that battle of awful. But it's three out of four. Boston, way more awful of a sports town. If you're looking for more reasons. Fly, Eagles, fly. Hey. For one day, you can swallow hard and sing the song. It's hard. Peel the layer. Something Randy said really sticks in my craw. 
when when they take off the Eagles jersey, they're wearing a Flyers jersey underneath. That's, oh, there's no question. Oh, my buddy Dan makes, Hopper said that, that to me last night. That makes it near impossible. Yeah. My brother's not a big hockey fan as much as he is football or baseball, but he roots against the Bruins because he thinks a lot of the Bruins fans are Patriots fans, and he wants them to be miserable. <laughs> What is right. fly, eagles, fly? Is that fly, robin, fly with the lyrics change? Uh, it's their fight song. It's been around forever. Oh, oh well, probably right, Something that. different. All right, Val's got news coming up next. What do you got, Adrian? Well, we'll, uh, we'll talk about the most popular Super Bowl party foods. Stan Savern coming up later this morning. Your chance at 1000 bucks. now. DVE Sports. All right. <laughs> well, thank God you cut that off. That was my fault. Take us under the bridge. Mike. I'm more, yeah. Our, our 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 producer Joe, who's on in his first full day slackless, no training wheels, is uh, has an unenvi- yeah unenviable task of having to run the whole show with me interfering. Uh so <laughs> I screwed that up. So uh, my advice to him is you better get used to it. Me screwing <laughs> things up? No, interfering. <laughs> me interfering. Yeah, yeah. Well, that happens frequently. Let's pick up this hour uh, where our guest today, Rick Gosselin, left off. Uh, Rick, a columnist for the Dallas Morning News and uh, part of the Talk of Fame podcast, which is not just a podcast. There's also the written word on their website. And one of the things Rick has up this week, his top 50 Super Bowl moments. He has covered 34 of the 51 Super Bowls. And as you might suspect, the Steelers are uh, relatively prominent in Rick's Top Super Bowl moments. Uh, the first one, number one on the list, isn't actually a moment, but uh, it's last year's Patriots comeback, which uh, Rick describes as the granddaddy of all comebacks. New England rallying from 28-3 to three down with less than 24 minutes remaining. Number three on Rick Goslin's top 50 Super Bowl moments, Ben Roethlisberger to Santonio Holmes. And he writes, there have been a couple thousand passes thrown in the first 51 Super Bowls, but the most perfect of all was a corner of the end zone, thread-the-needle toss from Roethlisberger over three Arizona defenders that Holmes caught on his tippy toes with his fingertips for a touchdown with 35 seconds remaining. It really was amazing. One inch either way, any way you cut it, it would either got tipped out of bounds or been out of bounds. He had him open on the play before that, too. Yes, he did. And Santone missed it. Said, please, come back to me. Right through his hands. Uh, Number seven on Rick's list, Lynn Swan catches the four-reception, 161-yard day Lynn Swan had in Super Bowl X. And uh, many of those catches of the acrobatic variety. Uh, That might have got Lynn Swan in the Hall of Fame. That game. If you look look at his numbers uh, from a uh, longevity standpoint and a body of work standpoint, they're laughable. But he is in the Hall of Fame because he showed up in big games like that one. Number 10, James Harrison's 100-yard interception return against Arizona. Boy, I was talking about that last night. It was tied for my favorite moment as a Pittsburgh sports fan. Just And Bill was sitting right next to me. Oh, two, yeah. Two, two, three seats down from me. And it was, I mean, it's remarkable. The way that both of those halves ended was... The most <laughs> amazing plays I've seen. One of the amazing aspects of the Harrison thing to me was that it wasn't one of those picks where the guy jumps the route and he's sprinting and you know he's going to go. No, he's... I didn't think he was going to score until he scored. Right. He just kept going and going. And 
I mean, I, it, they didn't have the jumbo forever. package on the field like Larry Fitzgerald <laughs> was chasing him. I kept yelling, go out of bounds. So I thought we could so they kick can a kick it, field goal right? Because I'm an idiot. No, no I think a lot. Of, a lot of people were yeah, yelling that. I, I would think that was a pretty uh, standard reaction. But he, and then I ran into the bar, and like screaming and hooting and hollering as Bruce Springsteen took the stage out on the field. And uh, I remember just being so fired up and overwhelmed with what I just saw. There was I think a- I smoked a pack of cigarettes that halftime. <laughs> <laughs> there was a little veranda, and I was just like, oh, my God, what did I just see? I don't remember if you were next to me or not. You, I don't, I'm not sure if you were at that point, but I ran to the bar, and I just, like, started, you know, ah, doing the, you know, Steeler fan thing, like, can you believe what just happened there? And there was a local car dealer from Pittsburgh that was also there at the bar. He, you see in a lot of commercials, and I remember him just, like, looking down his nose at me, like, Behave. What's wrong with you? Look at you. Behave at the Super Bowl. That's kind of what I felt. After like. that, yeah. Act like you've been here before. I've I've never been here before. Nobody had been there for that before. No. And that might be enough. When all is said and done, for me to forgive is a strong word, but oh, that's a perfect word. The James Harrison go or just look past saga is body of work. just it's yeah, but it's just to see him in a Patriots jersey. No, right this now Sunday, it's unthinkable, Mike. Come on. You have to at least acknowledge that. It's, I don't know, still, me, it's still going on, Mike. We're still in court. To me, that's the most amazing play in Super Bowl history, and that guy authored it. And he did it for your team. And, and he's he, about to play uh, for the— And it was critical to them winning the game. Well, and he was supposed to blitz. Yes. And he's now playing for our worst enemy. Okay. So— In the long run— Your wife cheated on you once with a guy you hate. This yeah. is a bad, you gonna kick her to the curb, or you gonna you gonna overlook it? Let's not go. Uh, I do. You, you still know, love her? Probably gonna kick her to the curb. Mike. <laughs> it's a, not a good analogy. Uh, what I would say is that, especially if she's like, "Hey, I'm gonna step out on you again on Sunday. You yeah. wanna come over and watch? I might do it for another year after this too." No, if your wife no, cheated on not. you, you wouldn't, you know, play out in the long run that you'd blame it on Mike Tomlin. You know, like you it's not a good analogy. Cause, but I think with the Harrison thing, the longer it plays out and when people look back on it, this is going to re- be remembered as a major miscalculation from Mike Tomlin. Well, but he's, Harrison is still very culpable in forcing his exit or trying to force his exit. Was, right, which is why not, I have initially been He was so, not a mature pro no. that handled the circumstances, even if they unfolded. Contrary to how they had been explained to him. That happens in sports. Yeah, regardless of what you're time. told, it's yeah. like things yeah. change. Exactly. And but, you know, he did what he did and they did what they did. I just that guy's career was fascinating to me from the the members of the coaching staff being afraid of him when he was first trying to make the team. Thought he was a crazy person. And then, you know, just being this special teams freak and uh, all of a sudden he's the defensive player of the year and he's the most uh, fearsome guy in the league, and then he does that, what he did in Arizona. That was incredible. Uh, number 25 on uh, Rick Goslin's list of the most memorable Super Bowl moments, the Jackie Smith drop in Super Bowl. Oh, he has to be the sickest man. 13. Got to be the – bless his heart, he's got to be the sickest man in America. Yeah, that that was a big one. That was uh, obviously Steeler-related because the Cowboys, instead of tying that game at 21, settled for a field goal. It was only 21-17. Steelers wound up winning it. Did he die? He died of AIDS, I think. I think Jackie. I I could be wrong about that. 
Anyways. Some other uh, Steeler-related uh, developments in Super Bowl history that made Rick Goslin's top 50 list. Number 47, Larry Brown's interception of Neil O'Donnell. Ugh. That's the uh, anti-Harrison. Oh. Snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. That was brutal. I still remember I, I was covering that game for the Beaver County Times. And they had come from behind so many times that season and pulled stuff out. I remember when the Steelers got the ball, I forget exactly what yard line they were at. But I looked up at the scoreboard and I thought, they have more than enough time. This drive's doable. And I looked down at my laptop and I started trying to come up with that legendary, they'll never forget this lead to my Steelers won the Super Bowl column. And I heard the crowd yell and I looked up and there's Larry Brown running down the sideline. Damn it. I thought that game was won when, when they got the ball back. And it wasn't. Uh, number 48 on the Goslin list, the ticket fiasco at Cowboys Stadium. That's not really a moment either, but it is unforgettable. Here's my question to you. If if oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you spill a big you drink in the crap middle. You all over the new studio. That sounded so funny. Here's my question to you. <laughs> you sounded like the lady falling in while she was stomping grapes. <laughs> what is that crap? It's protein. Oh, it looks like protein, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a that is a mm. Would you be more pissed that you had to watch the game in the bowels of the stadium on a small TV if the Steelers lost, but then you got to get all your money back? Or would you just be so pissed that that experience was ruined for you that you couldn't get past that? You know, I can only uh Default to my brother again, who's the fan between the two of us. And he went to that game, and he was in temporary seating. His ticket was there, but it was so crappy. You couldn't see the scoreboard, and they were stuffed in a corner. And He said they weren't they weren't emptying garbage cans in the restrooms, and beers were $22 or whatever. It, the entire, he, he bitched about it for 20 minutes, and then he finished by saying, but if we would have won, I'd have been fine with it. Right, yep. So I think to answer your question, the losing the game, is is losing the game. By the way, Jackie Smith still alive, age really? 77. Jerry Smith was the guy who, uh, who died from AIDS, uh, who was a former tight end for the Redskins. Bless his heart, then. Uh, but Jackie Smith is 77. That poor dude. You think off he gets, AIDS. This time of year he gets calls yes. constantly. Yeah. I think hey, this, let's talk about your worst nah, moment as an athlete. I again. bet he goes on a European vacation yeah. every year in February. That must be maddening. He was a pretty good player, too. Jackie Smith yeah. played a long time. He was a, he was a good tight end. Played with a five-time Pro Bowl. Yeah. He just said, I mean. Wrong mistake at the wrong time. Well, yeah. look at the bright side. He didn't get AIDS. <laughs> he got a true love. It's 41 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. There are reports that President Trump recently asked Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein if he was on his team. CNN reports Trump surprised Rosenstein with a question when the veteran federal prosecutor visited the White House in December. Rosenstein went to ask for Trump's support fighting off demands for documents from House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunes. CNN says sources with knowledge of the meeting say Rosenstein was caught off guard and told Trump, quote, of course, we're all on your team, Mr. President, end quote. The report is the latest in a series of allegations that Trump wanted high-ranking justice and FBI officials to pledge loyalty to him personally. 
And speaking of the FBI, the agent at the center of that controversy over FBI bias against President Trump played a pivotal role in the decision that may have cost Hillary Clinton the election. CNN first reported Peter Strzok co-wrote the first draft of a letter that supported reopening the investigation into Clinton's emails days before the 2016 election. The FBI director released the letter to Congress in the final days of the campaign. Strzok has been at the center of the firestorm surrounding claims of bias by the Bureau against the Trump administration in its Russia investigation. Republicans have pointed to a series of text messages between Strzok and a fellow FBI employee critical of Trump as part of an effort to tarnish the investigation into possible collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign. Well, wasn't wasn't the main difference, though, that one was private text messages between two agents and the other? one was a public thing that really kind of crushed Hillary like right at the end yeah when they announced mm-hmm. that they were opening the investigation back up mm-hmm. well and the guy that they're accusing of being against Trump is the guy who co-wrote the uh, release about Hillary's the investigation like you said so I mm-hmm. mean how do you claim bias one way or the other <laughs> this guy hates everybody <laughs> you may be <laughs> It's kind of the I'm um, rubber, you're glue kind of defense of this whole thing because, I mean, a lot of people say that the FBI screwed Hillary out of the presidency. What's scary about it is there's it's it's hard to follow. You know, it requires you to have to actually pay attention to all of the turns in mm-hmm. this saga to really have a grasp of what's going on, and I don't think enough people will do it, and they'll just fall back on whatever side they want to and just nope i'm going i'm staying on my team side here yeah nope. you on my team wait yeah. hold on right rosenstein right where are you come play badminton with us well on to something much more fun and happy to distract us from the ugliness of the world now i told you yesterday there's a puppy from animal friends that's going to be part of animal planet's puppy bowl this sunday yeah pr- well Shelter officials with All But Forgotten and Larimer say they have three puppies competing in Animal Planet's Puppy Bowl this year. Bailey, Frankie, and Sonny will compete for the Lombarki Trophy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That televised event will air prior to the Super Bowl on Animal Planet Sunday at 3 o'clock. Shelter officials say the three were selected because they all are survivors of difficult circumstances. Those three puppies have also been adopted since Puppy Bowl was filmed back in September, so the animal friend's puppy was also adopted. According to their website, they are having a puppy bowl viewing party that will be a fundraiser for the shelter. It's this Sunday starting at 3 o'clock at the Larimer Volunteer Fire Department on Brownstown Road. Their website, if you want more details, is all but forgotten, spelled F-U-R, gotten, all cool. but forgotten.com. If you are planning for your party this Sunday, whether it's the Super Bowl or the Puppy Bowl, there are some foods that are more popular in some states than in other states. Uh, The four most popular food searches overall are chili, wings, sliders, and sausage cheese balls. Sausage? Sausage cheese balls. When did that come into play? Uh, A surprising number of people will be making soup in Pennsylvania and Michigan. The top search is potato soup. Super Bowl. In Oregon, it's taco soup. In Kansas, dill pickle soup. Ew. Dill pickle soup. What's wrong with those people? I've never even heard of dill pickle soup. Unless you dip your slider into it. hey yo. You know what? I wonder if... uh, (laughs) Who needs a recipe for sliders? Yeah, I mean, if you're doing something fancy with them. I don't know. But uh, I'm surprised... Go on Pinterest. There's like 19,000 different slider recipes. I'm psyched for Pinterest. That doesn't bother me. Anytime I go to a party now, it's like... 
you know. I swore I would never sign up for Pinterest, and I did, and now I'm on it all the time. Good. It just makes you feel bad about anything you're doing because there's about 900,000 examples of somebody doing it better. I know, but it's just not practical a lot of times. Do so you think about no. like the way that, that they concentrate on presentation in meals and things like that. Like my, you know, when you have kids, there's no, you don't have time for any of that. You're you know, slinging, slinging grub. Yeah, we had the old school. One pot was uh, spaghetti, and, and the other one had sauce in it, or one had mashed potatoes, and the other one had like you know meat gravy in it. Yeah, like whenever you can eat, that's where the food is. I just made SOS not too long. Was it good? It was real good. Cream chip beef. Wait, what's SOS? Hamburger. Bleep on a shingle. Oh, okay. Put it over a we didn't toast. do that. I'll make some and bring it in for you. My dad claimed they served it in the Navy all the Thanks time, so he used to love it. And then Stouffer's had a frozen one that he was sort really? of addicted to, so our freezer was always full of SOS. Uh, various dips are popular in seven states. The top dips are buffalo chicken dip. Clamp. That's the one. It's that's the one. at every party. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's the number one dip. And right you got to have the Frito scoop. That is mm. really the perfect. Yeah. I the perfect agree. vehicle. But if you are so charged, shovel that stuff into your mouth with the buffalo chicken dip. That's a big responsibility. Why? Because you can't screw it up. Have and, you ever tasted bad buffalo chicken yeah. dip? You really? have someone who's gone super heavy on like the cream cheese. Oh, oh see, well. I, I haven't come across somebody that's yeah, me not that. enough red hot. And it always says it calls for canned chicken, right? Yeah, but I mean, if you want to put, I was going to say real chicken in. If you want to put. Chicken breast in something about a chicken and a can. yeah pull apart a chicken breast don't, if you, know. you want to it's just well a listen lot I don't really want to know how it's made I mean I show up to the party there's nothing and wrong I with canned chicken breast it tastes okay that's uh, it's I didn't easier. know that they even did that you're eating chi- you don't know there's canned chicken no <laughs> you're there's eating chi- there's canned chicken there's canned salmon okay canned um, tuna yeah now they got the pow- I'm, a, I'm familiar with the tuna yeah. So maybe you can get a pouch of chicken and put it in there. Either way. <laughs> Still the same. Uh, clam dip, also quite popular. Clam dip? Which surprised me, yeah. Name one time you've had clam dip. I make it sometimes, but not for football parties. I've got, I've taken it like to like a uh, Christmas Eve party. Mm-hmm. A clam dip? Mm-hmm. Have you built this? Nope. No. But not. again, I didn't know chickens were canned, so <laughs> what do I know? Queso, seven-layer dip, jalapeno popper dip, and skillet dips, which I guess you just make those in a skillet. Big fan of the seven-layer dip. Me too, but uh, I never count the layers. I think people, you can skimp <laughs> on that one. There's always a layer or two where I'm like, ah, could have done without that. The black, the black olives. olives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Other searches included Chex Mix, hummus. Wow, dip. I like how you said that. Hummus. Hummus. <laughs> Deviled eggs and bruschetta. Which that's not Whoa. probably not. I, that's a little fancy. I feel like uh, football food. The deviled egg thing is kind of going out of style for some reason. I don't Whoa! Know. No, they're don't let Joey O'Connell from Penn Hills hear you say that. Especially on <laughs> Pinterest, you see a lot of recipes for like you can do ranch deviled eggs. You can do buffalo deviled eggs. Buffalo deviled eggs. One is, is two. two. I, I every just, meal, Randy. You can have it at every meal. I got some. It's ex- good for your sex life, like I told you last hour. That's true. Yeah. Pair that with some chili and some right, cocoa. You're set. All set. What about spinach dip? I like it. You don't like spinach dip? The pumpernickel loaf. Full. I don't. I don't do the pumpernickel loaf. Why the not? Bowl, the bowl. I don't know. 
Oh, the bread bowl? I'm, I'm not a big fan of the uh, the, the bread bowl. It's what good. about cocktail meatballs? Sure. Uh, out of a can? No. <laughs> <laughs> you put the grape jelly in, is it barbecue sauce, I think? Is it how you make them? Something like that. I'm, you know, I'll eat any meatball, I guess, but those aren't my favorite. Cocktail weenies? Not a, a little, fan. A little peekaboo no. hot dog action? <laughs> yeah. Not a fan. I'll tell. I keep seeing those commercials for that taco ring with the croissants. And you, <laughs> you asked oh me about God, that yesterday. They look amazing, <laughs> dude. You're they, with you don't it. think those look great? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well, when you see it, when I see it next time, I'll point to it. It's it looks tremendous. You can make anything in those. All right, pizza. But- you know, it's basically you make a you lay crescent rolls down in a ring, uh-huh. and you fill it. And then you close up the rings and you bake So it's like a baked taco croissant? Yeah. I'm a simple man. That did it for me. You I was like, it. what is this? Has anybody else heard of this? <laughs> this is amazing. Boy, there's some do's and don'ts at the Super Bowl party. You got to be careful. You got to, you can't get tagged as the guy who like cornered Brings the, clam dip. dip. <laughs> yeah, <don't> bring- <laughs> no, you cannot bring, if you're a guy, you cannot bring clam dip to hey, a everybody, party. I made clam dip in a pastry (laughs) (laughs) okay well the puppy bowl's on in the basement go ahead down there no thanks a 24 year old man recently walked into a lincoln nebraska burger king and whipped out his own whopper in full view of diners and employees was it char groiled (laughs) (laughs) according to one employee khaled khalil repeatedly walked in and out of the restaurant every time he came back in he whipped it out again ah uh, he left when he was ordered to by the manager, but like I said, he kept coming back. Officers called to the scene were able to arrest him without a struggle, but their report said he did appear to be intoxicated. So uh, you said I could have it my way. <laughs> he has no prior record. He's been charged with indecent exposure. In music news, Stone Temple Pilots are set to release their first album with new lead singer Jeff Gutt of the self-titled set, which will be available March 16th. Guitarist Dean DeLeo says the best way for the band to honor its past is to keep making new music. The 12-track album will also be released on vinyl May 25th and features the new single Roll Me Under. In addition to previously announced tour dates in March and several festival dates this spring, they are uh, announcing 14 new headlining dates. Can you think of a band like that that has survived and done well with multiple singers yeah with the same material i mean alice in chains is on boy they're really good with that new guy although he's, he's not new he's anymore probably 10 years yeah. in the mm-hmm. band at this point but uh, it's tough i don't i would not journey had steve augeri yeah but are they and... releasing relevant Van Halen New had music. Gary Sharon. I was just going to say Van Sammy. Halen. Van Halen had three singers. Yeah. The Gary Sharon album, it's like it didn't exist. I know. I didn't even know there was a Gary Sharon. And that Chiron. tour. Is he where they keep the canned chicken? <laughs> Gary Sharon brings clan dip to the Super Bowl party. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt about it. It is the Gary Sharon of Super Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl accoutrement. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's uh, over there, but honestly, nobody even knows it's there. Nobody, nobody knows what it attention. is. No one's paid attention to it, and they're hoping it'll go away, and the, <laughs> and the dip they really like will be brought around totally next year. Totally forgot that was there. <laughs> Did you go to the Gary Sharon Van Halen uh, tour? That's when I interviewed uh, Eddie. Was it, He was nice to you, though, right? He was very nice. Okay, good. Yeah. Thank God. 
Yeah. The, the other thing I like in that Rush documentary is that the manager of the band, you know, they're talking about the last Rush concert that they have in Los Angeles. And he's like, these guys, they get done with the concert. And, you know, uh, um, Neil Peart would never come out from the drums because he just he always thought that was like the the back line. Uh, you know, uh, there was like a, the line of demarcation he would never cross. But on the last show, he came out and bowed with his brothers and it, you know everybody in the place is crying and he's like and they did that unprompted i, I managed van halen on a tour those guys hated each other <laughs> and they went out and faked it every single time and then he goes well I, I i should walk that back a little bit you know, <laughs> they like each other a little bit you know some of the guys <laughs> was that the gary sharon tour i was wondering what tour oh, it was yeah, it was probably every tour because they, they, did they ever like each other they ended up but like his love of rush and working with rush versus you know having to deal with van halen for a tour it was Man, just kind of funny i love that band but why are they so miserable you are one of the I when I think of Van Halen I think of you. Oh, yeah. you are I their P1. I don't know P1. why they act the way they do. I I don't know. I, I, it's it's crazy. I don't know. It, 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 just Alex and Eddie. Just Yeah, they're not, like But they're like a, there's a if, there's a mixed family going on, isn't it? Like just between the different lead singers and well, I don't the combinations. Know if the guy that we had on that wrote the Van Halen book Gary something or other. I can't remember his name. And I don't remember if it was him that said it or I read it somewhere that because Eddie and Alex came here as immigrants, that they were so close to each other ah. growing up that they've always felt like it's an us against them their whole life. Every time I think about them coming here as immigrants, as little Dutch boys, for some reason, I just <laughs> like wearing wearing. <laughs> And just for some reason, I always pick Eddie. Hair. I always picture him to have like off a, the boat, like a werewolf face. For some reason, I don't know why. Just like <laughs> super hairy little like kids came from an uncivilized. Yeah, like One wearing of those old timey <laughs> suitcases that's super hard on the outside. And yeah. tiny. Yeah. <laughs> and he had like the like the yeah. later hosen on. <laughs> uh, chance of rain mid forties for the high today is forty one at DVE. Good job brooming the alley. We'll go through uh, the, the latest odds for Sunday as the line keeps moving. Also, new prop bets for you for Sunday Super Bowl. Mike with a sports update for you coming up next. And want to remind you that the polar plunge is in the not-too-far-off distance here. Once again, for Special Olympics, uh, I'll be down there. And uh, they change it. It used to be in December. We're doing it in February this year. February 24th, Heinz Field. And uh, it's the polar plunge. You can go to specialolympicspa.org. To get involved in this, it runs from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. There's activities all day, games for the whole family. Go to specialolympicspa.org and join us for the Polar Plunge this year. And it ought to be frigid temps in a couple of weeks. That's Look, I do the cold showers, but that's on a different level. I don't think so. I think it's, I, I don't know, the, shoulder, the, the cold showers are so prolonged. This is like you go in, you get the shock, and, and you're in you there. And you get right back out. You can, but even to something about the cold shower isn't as cold, so you don't get like a shock. It's just like the annoyance of, of it. Yeah. And, and you got to build up slowly. And this is like boom, and your body is immediately reacts to the freezing cold water. Yep. I remember coming out, I couldn't feel my legs for a second. Your, yeah, muscles, your muscles freeze. Your up. muscles freeze. It's, and weird. Then, it's so weird. And then it was like this feeling of jubilation. Like I oh, was yeah. just. You're high. The, I mean, every single blood cell in your body is on high alert. Yeah, you get high. You get like a natural high. So, you know, 
Join us. Uh, come get high with us at the Special Olympics Pennsylvania. A lot Pittsburgh. of people get actual high before the natural high. <laughs> they have some <laughs> beverages. There's no doubt. Pit, uh, Pittsburgh's law enforcement, Western Pennsylvania law enforcement, uh, uh, bands together and raises a ton of money for this. It's a great day. Once again, go to special specialolympicspa.org to learn more. Fan eye, Tonya. Great movie. Though not very realistic, supposedly. Shape of Water, well, though. They say that. Based on a true story. <laughs> yeah. That's a documentary. DVE Morning Show in uh, the Super Bowl odds. Shifting a little bit here as Sunday's game approaches. Four and a half is the spread now. Favor of the Patriots down from six. Uh, and uh, the money line is the Patriots minus 175, Eagles plus 155, which means you got to bet 175 bucks to 100 for the Patriots to win outright, and you win 155 for every 100 you bet on the Eagles. Uh, they really have been shifting the odds towards the Eagles here, and in speaking with Rick Goslin from uh, Dallas Morning News and Talk of Fame Network earlier this morning, I understand some of the reasoning. I do think a big part of it is what you were saying earlier, Bill. People want to believe it. Yeah. No, there's there's plenty of reason to believe. I mean, they're in the Super Bowl. It's not like they're scrubs. And they destroyed Minnesota in the NFC Championship game. Their defense is legit. They yeah. have a run game. Odds to win MVP, Tom Brady, is minus 125. Nick Foles, plus 325. Pretty good. Bet 10 bucks, you get 3250, Val. Gronk is plus 850. Deion Lewis, plus 1800. Danny Amendola, plus 1800. Jay Ajayi, plus 1800. And Zach Ertz, plus 1800. Some of uh, the fun bets there. You can really cash in on these. I can't remember what I hit last year. There was, I hit some crazy ones. The prop bets are so fun. There will be a turnover in the first quarter. Stuff like that. I have no yeah, idea. I like those. You're speaking a different language. Val, you got to bet on stuff that you I have no control over. Stuff. I don't know what the language is, though. I know over under. All right. But this, what did you just say? Is some somebody's three fifty, and I could win thirty five dollars? I don't. know. How do you figure that out? Yeah. It's easy if it says plus three fifty. If somebody, if you are, if Val Porter is plus three fifty to win the MVP mm-hmm. for the Super Bowl, that means if I bet a hundred dollars on you, I'll get three fifty back. Three hundred and fifty. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said thirty five dollars. Well, I said if you bet ten bucks, you'll get oh, okay. thirty two fifty back. Can I um, tell you a secret, Val? Yeah. I've been pretending I know what this <laughs> means. I have no idea. Tom Brady. Told- oh wow! Plus uh, <laughs> plus eighteen hundred. That's huh? an unbelievable. Hey, number. that's a nice bet. Tom Brady total passing yards over under two eighty five. Okay, see that I know. All right. What if you get two eighty five? You have to push. It's two eighty five and a is half. That right. Two eighty five point five. Over is minus one twenty five. Under is minus one hundred five. Which means you got to bet one hundred twenty five to win a hundred. When it's minus, you got to bet that much to win a hundred. When it's plus, that's how much you win if you that's bet a hundred. That's why this is why I play the slot machines. <laughs> they just figure it out for you. Just put a coin in, and you and my dad. It goes ding, ding, ding. <laughs> you win. I <laughs> uh, told you about this one the other day. One of the props: What color will Pink's hair be when she sings the national anthem? See, this is one of those ones where I feel like you could. She could fix this. She could make somebody rich. She could, yeah. And it's one of those things that's knowable, like by somebody. So. Yeah. Right. And was she going to wear a hairnet right up until the time that she goes on or like a shower cap and then pull it off so people can't get their bets in? Will any members of NSYNC perform with Justin Timberlake? Why do people think 
this is going to happen. It's not going to happen. It serves no purpose for Justin Timberlake to do this. Are you sure it won't happen? Well, what about Janet Jackson? Destiny's Child did reunite on the Super Bowl stage when Beyonce took the lead. So some people are saying, because here's why the chicks in Beyonce's child they are Beyonce's child. (laughs) That's probably what. (laughs) Well, they kind of were. They kind of were. They stayed in shape. What do you think Chris Kirkpatrick looks like right now, sitting up in Clarion? I don't know. He's probably eating kielbasa from that place Rick Seaback brought it for us yesterday. No doubt about it. Guy's been loading up the carbs for the last few years, and he hasn't been dancing it off every night. No, and he probably doesn't have those fountain braids anymore either. I told you, he should do a wardrobe malfunction with Joey Fat One. (laughs) Just have his man boob flop out, and then Joey Fat One puts his index finger on his mouth. Oops. But he's wearing a pasty. Got to keep it tasteful. A big star on his napple. It's a family affair. How many times will Carson Wentz be shown during the broadcast? The over-under is three and a half. Whoa, got to go over. Yeah, I'm saying over. He's going to be celebrating scores? Yep. Calling plays? Unless they don't score. Or at least talking with them on the sidelines? Yeah. Will Tom Brady's jersey be stolen again? No. Oh, yeah, remember that. He's going to be under high security. No way. Didn't El Chapo steal it? Not sure. Yeah, I think, I think El Chapo right. ended up with it or something. Uh, the over under on the national anthem time is two minutes. What is is it normally around there? Uh, yeah, yeah. What is the standard time yeah, for it? I want to say last year was like a minute fifty three. Who sang it last year? Was it Christina Aguilera? No. Yeah, it was. Was it Christina Aguilera? Wasn't it? I think maybe it was. Well, just- but she does so. I mean, she does it. She does the It's runs. ridiculous. Anyway, yeah. She does the roller coaster. She was the voice. one that Myron went off on. The one. I don't like it when they sing up and down up the scales there. Sing a song. <laughs> okay, all the versions we have in our system are like 145 to 202. So that's probably standard two minutes. Will Justin Timberlake be wearing a hat when he begins his halftime show? Yeah. Yes. He's a man of the woods now. Man of the Woods. Will he have a hatchet and a, a like a, a maybe a lumberjack? One of those hat. Uh, fur hats, right? With a tail on it. Will anybody besides Tom Brady and Nick Foles take a snap in the game? Ooh, that's a fun one. Yes, is plus one twenty. I say no. Will there be a flea flicker attempted in the game? No. Ooh, yes, is plus four hundred. I like this one. That's no a good is one plus four hundred. That means if you bet a hundred, you get four hundred. There you go. See, Val? Yeah, on, Bill. I know this stuff. How many times will the Rocky statue in Philadelphia be shown during the broadcast? Over under one time. I say over. Oh. See, I, I say don't... two. If it was obviously if it was there, they'd come back from every commercial break with a shot of it. I yeah. But I think... that's like one of those they show it in a package and then it's done. You show it one time. Why what would you show it more than once for? What if they're it's still showing, standing there? What if they're showing crowds gathering around it? Unless Some, somebody the did put a, a Brady jersey on that thing, so that's a reason to show it another time. Total Trump tweets over under is five. I bet the over on this and but, lost last year. But this is all day, all right? day, not, not just a, game time. From morning to night. And does it say specifically it has to be about the game? Nope. I say over. Over. No way. 
What color Gatorade will be poured on the winning coach? You can choose from green, yellow, orange, red. Green. Or clear water. That is one of them. So go to oddshark.com if you want to pick out props that you like for Sunday's game. Val has news coming up next. What are you talking about? Well, do sexters have relationships that are better or worse? You're shot at a thousand bucks. Workforce cash next. That are possible sites for the company's second headquarters. Amazon released its list of 20 HQ2 finalists last month and Pittsburgh made that cut. The groups behind the No Gay, No Way campaign say nearly half the cities are in states that do not protect people from discrimination over sexual orientation or gender identity. The nine cities are Dallas and Austin, Nashville, Atlanta, Columbus, Indianapolis, Miami, Raleigh, and the D.C. suburbs of Northern Virginia. So it looks like they're happy with us. Where are you falling on this? You want it? You don't want it? I I, I don't know. I mean, I've read a lot of things about their original headquarters that people are like, this is bad. But inability to unionize is... I Especially think, in this area. Yeah, I I don't like that aspect of it. Um, I've, everything I've read about it, I want to lean on that. This is bad. This would be a bad thing for Pittsburgh in the long run. But it does seem. See, I want to lean the other way. I want to lean towards. You know, it does seem very old How- school Pittsburgh. To think fifty thousand jobs is a bad thing somehow. <laughs> like, hey, no, we don't want that. Well, but, when they find a way to automate half of those jobs and then they start downsizing and, and leave one of their mills scarring our, our waterfronts again, it's it's kind of like we've been there, done that, turned the corner. I mean, things are, you know, we're, we're, yeah. we're one of the only Rust Belt cities that's actually bounced back. But yeah. is this going to be more tech than, like, are they going to have a warehouse as part of this? And For sure. We talked with the mayor about it, and of course, you know, he desperately wants it to come here. I, I, I don't know. I've read a lot of things that say this may not be the best thing for the region, although that, again, when you say it out loud, like, how can 50,000 jobs be bad? Well, the other thing is what you have to give up. That's just it. To get that to get And that to Bill's here. point, uh, you know, if all of a sudden those jobs are, you know, like uh, the carrier plant in Indiana over time, they just slowly go away, and you have given them this gift of land all over the place, and tax benefits And they're galore. dumping toxic stuff into your rivers and, For people way smarter and paying people out. crappy wages. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Are the, are the well-paying jobs that they're bringing here, are, they, are those people going to be flown in and brought in? Well, that was what the mayor said, that that was part of the, they want a pool of employees in the community that can fill those jobs. There should have to be uh, some sort of stipulation for percentages of. I don't know. It just scares me to think that, you know, in a time when people are, are desperate for jobs, that they'll just take any job because it's a job and think, like, well, it's going to infuse all of this money into the local economy. It was super low right now. <laughs> it's pretty low. Lowest, but I mean, lowest for women the, and lowest for African Americans. Isn't that what the president said? It's not like what, 18 years. I don't know. Didn't did he, he say that? Did he speak recently? Yeah. <laughs> The the other thing is is that it, you know for for wherever they end up, it it really co- it drives the cost of living up mm-hmm. in all the surrounding areas. Like I remember, as soon as Google and Uber bought up plots on Second Avenue and the waterfront, like coming out of out of town, we had like four offers on our house by people that were writing like it, they wanted to make it look like it was a handwritten note, but it was clearly not because my parents got one up the street and mm-hmm. it was like. You know, people are selling their house in Greenfield all of a sudden for 
$200,000, a house that, you know, traditionally would have gone for maybe 80 mm-hmm. now is being, so people are happy and selling their houses, but then all of a sudden the people, their taxes go up and, mm-hmm. and it's tough because now it's like you can't get a house over there. So I don't know. I don't know. I read a lot of sm- things that people who are super smart had to say against it and uh, vice versa. I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm coming down on the, eh, I'm not so sure this would be what we want. But then again, like I said, that sounds like counterintuitive to wanting a city to move forward. Mm-hmm. It's just... And thrive uh, and, yeah. When I was a kid, I don't remember my mom getting all worked up about germs in the kitchen and don't let this touch that and... No. But nowadays... It's a big, uh, it's a lot different. There are four common kitchen mistakes that can make you sick. Okay. You should only own, or the mistake is you only own one cutting board. You should have one for raw meat and one for everything else, and the one for raw meat should be plastic, not wood. Oh, yeah. My brother uh, flipped down on my mom. It was a it was a bad incident because she cut chicken on a wood board. <laughs> she was You're not like, supposed to do that? No. What if it's canned chicken? That's totally fine. Okay. Cut as many cans as you like. <laughs> but he's like, you know, was going off on her. And she's like, I cut chicken on wood bars, you know, your whole life. And you turned out okay. One of those things. And mm-hmm. he's, you know, coming down on her. We don't do that in this house. <laughs> Wood's <laughs> porous. Wood's porous. We cut chicken on plastic. The quickest way also to sanitize a cutting board is a, a, a spray bottle with bleach water in it. Just I, ho- I don't have hose, that. hose it down. Just bleach it. Yeah. Well, I mean, not I pure bleach. It that. has to be a mix, but mm. I do. That is one thing I do. If I cut raw chicken, I clear the entire counter of everything else and then I wipe it down with Lysol wipes all over when I'm done. Yeah, I don't do that. And I don't, as I'm doing it, I'm thinking, my mother never did this. Yeah. You know what I'll do sometimes? I'll uh, I'll take a, a big Ziploc bag, like a gallon bag thing, and then I put the whole like thing of chicken in there and then cut it open in the bag and try to self-contain it. And that way, How if I want to like marinate it or something. What? How do you cut it in the bag? You, you like you stick your cut hand it in and there? then just like <laughs> squish it out of the- Doesn't it cut oh. the bag? No. You know, you put the whole thing inside of a, another plastic bag and then you- cut a slit in the uh, original packaging and then, you know, help finagle it out into the other bag. <laughs> then if you got to marinate it or something, I, you I don't have to worry about work. Yeah, that sounds crazy. Really super easy. And then it doesn't splash all over the places. It just splashes within the bag. Well, here's another thing. You shouldn't wash raw meat. Told you. Because when, Why not? You, when you put it under the faucet, the water hits it and sprays the juice everywhere. Oh, then you got raw juice. You got raw juice. So we, and we were get, told forever to wash the chicken off. Remember that? And then that stuff splatters all yes. over your kitchen. You could get E. coli and salmonella. Told you. Using the same sponge for way too long? Uh, live Guilty. science said you should replace it every two weeks. Every two weeks. I think that Oops. you could do well to start like a Columbia record service for like dish wands and sponges <laughs> because I just forget to buy them when I'm Why out. can't Dollar Shave Club just send me yeah. an extra sponge? There's Dollar your, Sponge Club. Dollar Sponge Club. where you're going to make your millions. If, am, I, am I doing seven-minute abs right now? Yeah. <laughs> like, Six-minute abs. You've heard of eight-minute abs, right? <laughs> Here's my thing. Seven-minute abs. <laughs> and leaving left, uh, leftovers sit out too long. 
As a general rule, they say you shouldn't let it sit out for more than two hours. After that, there's enough bacteria that could make you sick. And that comes from the old days. And my brother used to yell about this all the time. Like, my grandparents would leave food on the kitchen table forever (laughs) before they put it in the refrigerator. My brother's like, that's because they used to have an icebox. So if you now refrigerators are so good, you can put more (laughs) food. Like, then the ice would melt. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, now there are electric refrigerators. And you got to wait for the Iceman to come. powered and... All right. Fair enough. However, there is nothing more annoying to me than when somebody packs up all the food after a big dinner. And it's just like gone immediately before you decided that, are we sure we're done? You still want to nibble. Yeah. Perhaps I'm going back at that. Well, the thing that I hate... Would that be within your two-hour window? I don't know. Maybe. Like, But (laughs) like a Thanksgiving dinner or a Christmas... Look, I think those should hang around for a while. Really? Yeah. You See, don't eat so much I'm, that you like, get him. that away from No, me. because you want it eventually, like, you know, after a nap, and then you wake up, mm-hmm. and then you go, oh, where is it? And then it's all been deconstructed, packed away, and then all of a sudden it's like a what refrigerator scavenger hunt you for You just everything. leave the desserts out. No. I don't. You want the full blown. The, the, mayo is the only thing I'll keep a, a mental timer on. If it's cooked meat, eh, it's oh, good. I leave it out forever. Yeah, that's I go like, way past the two hours. For part. sure, I'm old school. I'm like I still have my grandparents' mentality. You can't put it in there when it's because here's the other thing: if you put it in there warm, the condensation, like the next time you open, there's just like water dripping off of it. It's so annoying. She's right. Oh, well, for that matter, pizzas. When people put pizza in the fridge to have cold pizza the next day, yeah, I, I know that you're supposed to put pizza in because of bacteria, but I never do. I never do. I don't. No. I have never done it. I always just because Unless it's a couple days. <laughs> okay. If it lasts that long. You keep pizza past a, two days? Oh, yeah. It I depends. Have. If so it's a thin crust. You get crust, pizza on a Monday, you'll eat that same pizza Wednesday night? I will, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But if it's a thin crust, it's no good. Like, thin crust is good for about a day. After that, it's too chewy. This is why you have to order extra sauce. Because it dries up. Oh. It dries up if you're going to keep it for a couple of days. You've got all these hacks. Look, man. And you're not sharing them at all. I just did. Well, right now. Extra sauce. Leave the meat out. (laughs) Wait a second. (laughs) Is is that your new autobiography? Yes. (laughs) Leave the meat out. (laughs) Are sexters insecure? According to research from the University of Alberta, people who send texts uh, sext their partners are a lot more insecure about their relationship and more likely to cheat. However, couples who sext regularly say they are uh, some uh, say they're more satisfied in the bedroom than those who never send other racy texts each other racy text. So a little uh, conflicting there. The study also found that while partners who sext generally have better sex lives. They struggle more with other aspects of their relationship. Those same couples also report a higher degree of couple conflict and felt less of a secure attachment in the relationship as well as lower levels of commitment. People who sexed often were more likely to look at porn and engage in fidelity-related behaviors like communicating with exes on social media. Uh, People in the study reported that when they're in person with their partner, 
their partner is looking at their phone or checking emails or other things that interfere with real human interaction. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, people that sext all the time probably have a difficulty communicating in person. Yeah, researchers say couples should be mindful of how they use technology and set aside phone-free time when they're together at home. Researchers believe that while sexting is a quick way to spice up the relationship, when people think about good relationships overall, they think about having conversations, spending quality time together, and that kind of thing. Whatever happened to good old-fashioned dirty talk in person? <laughs> right. Now you just got to go in the other room and text a bunch of eggplants to her? <laughs> Come on. I like when you like we read about like older people who are like sexting. Uh, like politicians who get caught and stuff, mm -hmm. and they're it's always like some weird Shakespeare porn. Like they're trying to be poetic at the same time. Like I yearn for the smell <laughs> of your loins, <laughs> oh, your scent. <laughs> Drives me wild. Because <laughs> I think Mark Sanford had a bunch of those. Then the governor of Alabama had them. And they're never like really dirty, but yeah. it's just kind of funny. Oh, to, yeah. To them, they're like, that's getting there. them really hot. To them, it's dirty. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, the younger kids are literally like D picks and like, yeah. you know, five hole. And, and <laughs> they're just like sending like erotic poetry to one another. Unbelievable. According to a new survey, Americans are spending way more this year to celebrate the Super Bowl than ever before. The average party will cost $207. 35% of that goes towards food and non-alcoholic beverages, and 28% spent solely on booze. The survey also found nearly one in five Americans are planning to host a Super Bowl party. And some uh, quick facts about Super Bowl commercials. The average cost for a 30-second ad is more than $5 million, which is five times more than Eagles quarterback Nick Foles made this season. Mm. His base <laughs> salary, just a $1 million. Uh, the Pringles ad that will be featured is all about stacking flavors. Yeah, sounds, I've heard this. Sounds pretty awesome. Does it? Even though I don't like Pringles. I mean, Pringles, like, I'm a one-flavor guy. Just the, the How do you know? original. I've tried the barbecue. It's like, yeah. What about, what if you had barbecue and sour cream and onion? That sounds like a pretty good mix. Maybe. All right, you just opened me back up to the possibilities. <laughs> James Crom Cromwell stars in uh, what's saying, uh, what is reportedly a controversial ad for PETA about a guy who confesses his sins. At the end of the ad, it asks people to go vegan. Yeah, he's a big V. While you're chewing on a wing. And uh, there's another teaser for the Mountain Dew Doritos ad. It features Missy Elliott and Busta Rhymes coaching Morgan Freeman and Peter Dinklage. There's a Febreze ad about a boy who's, quote, bleep don't stink. And despite what's gone on in past years, Newsday is reporting fewer Super Bowl commercials are being released ahead of time this year. Kind of a tough crowd to uh, try and preach to with the vegetarian thing. Not exactly an open audience there. People are like building up in anticipation. They're excited to eat a ton of pulled pork and, you know, chili, chili and, and wings. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cocktail meatballs. They don't want to hear the guy from Babe telling them not to do it. And everybody's, yeah, completely jam packed with meat at that point. All right. Well, meat sweats. Yeah, meat shaming me. <laughs> Chance of rain mid-40s for the high today is 43 at DVE. All right, the 8th uh, annual Sheer to Beard is coming up at Jurgles on February 16th. 
And a special guest being sheared this year, along with Brett Kiesel, Phil Bork. Borky's getting sheared as well. Uh, I'll be there as the uh, uh, MC for the eighth time. Go to dve.com to get your tickets. Chris Jameson from The Voice, Donnie Iris, both going to be performing there. It's like a... It's a really cool sort of nostalgic thing. Usually, Brett ends up bringing in a whole bunch of his uh, Super Bowl champion Steeler alumni, alumni, alumnuses, alumni, and uh, they all show up at Jurgles. You should be there. It's a seven o'clock start. Doors are at six o'clock on February sixteenth. Get your tickets now at dve.com. We're sharing the beard for the eighth time. See you, Jurgles. DVE. Can I make a, a quick traffic note as well? Um, if you go the Parkway North inbound, HOV lanes are going to be open to everybody. So, Oh, well, that'd be fun to just try. <laughs> Look at that. The picture oh, that of awesome. that. Yeah, it's just. Charles got it's the picture up with a truck on its side blocking cool. the entire highway. Yeah. That would be awful. Yeah. All right. Well, steer clear there. And if you're uh, in that mess already, hang tough. Hang tight. Or just call the boss and say, hey, can't get to work today. Try yeah. it. Sorry. Act of God. Yeah. Even if you're Save not there, just tell your boss you are. <laughs> Mike's got sports for you right now on DBE. <laughs> sports are brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. One of the things I love about the Super Bowl is the history of it and how every year at this time of the year you rehash the previous games. Uh, we talked at length today about Rick Goslin's list of his top 50 Super Bowl moments. I'm going to give you mine, not of all the Super Bowls, but just the ones that the Steelers were involved in. Because those uh, okay. clearly resonate with the listenership. Uh, Super Bowl nine, uh, the first time the Steelers won it, beat the Vikings 16-6. to What sticks out to me about that game was the nine-yard touchdown run by Franco Harris, part of his 34 carry. 158-yard MVP performance. Uh, Nine-yard run around left end. Got a great block from Rocky Blyer on Jim Marshall. Followed Jerry Mullins pulling from right to left to the edge. Turned the corner into the end zone untouched. The power of the Franco Harris Steelers running game. The power and the execution of it was something to behold. And uh, the Vikings had no answer. Super Bowl ten. Steelers ended up beating the Cowboys 21-17. And uh, part of the drama there was Roy Jarella was having a horrible day. He got hurt making a tackle on the opening kickoff and messed his ribs up. He missed his second field goal of the game in the third quarter. The Steelers were losing 10-7. And Cliff Harris, the safety for the Cowboys, decided he'd get in Jarella's face and pat him on the head and talk a bunch of smack. And Jack Lambert came over and grabbed Harris and threw him to the ground. <laughs> I love it. Game over. They were still losing, but okay, no, you're not messing with our kicker. A quintessential Jack Lambert. Plus, the moment. guy had a bunch of gorillas with him. You got to be careful. I don't think Lambert cared to defend the kicker so much as he cared to defend the jersey. It's probably true. Hey, that's a teammate. Well, the kicker was wearing the jersey, so <laughs> in that instance, he qualified. Uh, Super Bowl 13 to 35 31 win over uh, the Cowboys. And uh, I'm going to go with Rick Oslin on this one. The, the play that stands out is the Jackie Smith drop. Bless his heart, he's got to be the sickest man in America. I don't think Dallas would have won even had Dallas tied the game at that point, but 
it may well have played out differently. But he didn't, and it didn't. Uh, fourth Super Bowl, Super Bowl fourteen. Steelers beat the Rams 31-19. They were losing 19-17 to in the fourth quarter. Rams were playing their asses off. They were running trick plays. They were making interceptions. They were that scrappy underdog that nobody gave a chance. Double-digit underdog, and uh, they were on the cusp. And then Terry Bradshaw dropped back and hit John Stallworth for a 73-yard touchdown. Steelers were ahead to stay. Uh, the one in Detroit, Super Bowl 40. Steelers beat the Seahawks 21-10. They were up 7-3 in the third quarter. And then fast Willie Parker Willie. got the ball and followed Alan Fanica, who was pulling from left to right into the hole, and Max Stark, Max Stark sealed off the second level, and Parker went 75 yards for a touchdown. More of that execute-the-running-game stuff the Steelers are famous for. God, I love those kind of plays when they pop. That's going to be a great trivia question someday. Who had the longest run in Super Bowl history? Uh, everybody who bet on that Super Bowl will remember. Yes. Because that, <laughs> that covered. That one, uh, a few things covered in that yeah, game. That was, I, remember. I mean, well, offensively, it, it really broke down to two plays in that game, right? I mean, it was that and Randall Wells passed to Hines. Yeah, which, is, which would be a worthy uh, inclusion on this list. But I just, the running game stuff with the Steelers to me has always been kind of that in the defense. That's what they're they're noted for. Uh, Super Bowl forty three, the win over Arizona. Most people, and justifiably so, would pick the Roethlisberger to Santonio Holmes pass. But I'm going to go with the last play, the uh, fumble, Lamar Woodley strip sack, and yeah. the Brett Kiesel fumble recovery. Because I'm here to tell you, if Kurt Warner gets that heave oh off, my God. you can't tell me Larry Fitzgerald wouldn't have had a really good chance to come down with it in the end zone and steal the game. Fitzgerald was having that kind of postseason. He had made the play to put the Cardinals ahead to set up the Roethlisberger Holmes heroics. And uh, that one wasn't over till it was over. No. And that was the play that ended it. Uh, the Steelers win it 23-17. Uh, to 17. In terms of the losses in the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl 30 in uh, Phoenix, the uh, 27-17 loss to the Cowboys. The Neil O'Donnell interception certainly stick out. But uh, I'm going to remember the onside kick. <laughs> Steelers were down 20 to 10 and they got a field goal from Norm Johnson. Norm. Excuse me. They were down 20 to 7 and they got a field goal from Norm Johnson to make it 20 to 10 early in the fourth quarter and then they onside kicked and got that Deion Figures recovering it and then they end up getting a touchdown with about six and a half minutes left to make it 20 to 17 and man the possibilities were uh, oozing out of that game at that point. Uh that was a pretty pretty ballsy play. And uh, well executed, and uh, that was kind of characteristic of that Steelers team. And uh, the loss to Green Bay in Dallas, thirty-one uh, twenty-five. Uh, I still remember the two-point conversion, getting the ball to Randall L. and him going around in. Uh, that brought the Steelers to within twenty-eight to twenty-five. That touchdown and two-point conversion got them back to within a field goal midway through the fourth quarter. And then, well, it didn't work out the way they wanted it to, but. Uh, they played those, those the Super Bowls that they lost were great games, uh, no doubt, no doubt. It, I always do feel like the Neil O'Donnell one gets lost for some reason. The, that was lost in the nineties. It's just not talked yeah. about very much. Those interceptions, you know. I guess you don't talk about the losses because the Dallas one, was, you know, the loss to Green Bay is not something you talk about a lot. But that Rashard Mendenhall fumble was, was huge. It was huge. Yeah, 
the injury to Pouncey killed the Steelers chances and it, that first pick to start the game oh, is you pick know, six it showed right there yeah. but but in both of their losses they were getting it handed to them early and they were able to stabilize and mount a comeback and really give themselves a chance to win they didn't win but you know you got your money's worth it wasn't uh it wasn't over at halftime nope I think the 90s one always gets lost because we just concede that decade to the Cowboys. and Yeah. That, w- that game was interesting to me because it the was – The Niners that was a little a, bit. That was a dynastic Dallas team against a Steeler team that hadn't been there since the 70s. And they really looked in the early parts of that game like the stage was too big for them. They were not playing well at all. And they were able to fight through that and, and really – they put a scare into them. They didn't win, but – See, this is where, and, and again, this Sunday, you know, that was Cowher's first time. Uh, Doug Peterson's first uh, run at a Super Bowl championship here this weekend. And I. Most of the Eagles. Don't think you can underestimate how much that plays into the outcome of the game. But Patriots, Mike, how many times have you been saying this? The one variable that nobody takes into account is the team that the Patriots are playing against Screws will up. at some point crap their pants. Which is why betting on the Patriots for the, in the second half, on the second half line, is always super fun. And that's New England has so much experience, and, and the Eagles don't in the Super Bowl. And who, who can get a handle on that? Bill, what you just described. I mean, when does that happen? Is it, is it decisive? It seems to happen to all these teams. Uh, play in New England, and that's that's not something you can quantify, but it's I think it's very real. Stan the Man Sovereign when we come back on DVE. Here we go. It's a DVE morning show. Stan the Man Sovereign is uh, hanging out with us here right now. Great to see you, Stanley. Good to see you guys. So we're talking a lot of Super Bowl, uh, and one way to uh, get through the pain of the Steelers not being there is to talk about when they were. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the old there's an old joke uh, how many Pittsburghers does it take to change a light bulb four six one to actually change the bulb and the other five talk about how great the old one was right. <laughs> <laughs> and that you know that's so typical in my experience I found that if the Steelers aren't in it the interest in the game drops through the basement I mean, they'll watch. I mean, yeah. you know, everybody watches, but I don't even do any segments on it because the people just, they hate them both. And It's a holiday, though. So it's tough because for, for Steeler fans, when they're not in it, it's one thing. But when it's the Patriots instead of them, it's as though Santa Claus has been replaced by Saddam Hussein. <laughs> Yeah, forget a lump of coal. There's a big <laughs> deposit in, yeah. in the stocking. It's, yeah. uh, <laughs> especially when you consider, as I did, and I've been saying it since July, that I thought that the Patriots were not on par with other Patriots teams. Look, there were times, like not necessarily 01, but certainly 04, the Patriots were better. They, they, were, they, were, just, they were the better team. The undefeated team was pretty good. Yeah. Until they got, you know, to defeated. Until they were defeated. But I mean, this this team is not uh, on, on that level. I thought they were vulnerable, and I thought the Steelers, and I still think that if they'd have played them in the AFC Championship game, healthy, even there, up there, 
um, what might have been. I have a theory. You know, people talk about Belichick, and you guys were talking about 18 undrafted players. And I, I think that this makes a lot of sense as to why they're so good. Brady aside, I mean, obviously, and Gronkowski aside, both first ballot Hall of Famers. Belichick, why does he find these guys? I think that he looks at it differently. When he goes after draft or free agents or, you know, whatever, undrafted uh, free agents, he says, to construct my football team, I need a running back who can do this. I need a linebacker who can do that. And then he finds a guy who can fill that role. Now, it's not the other way around. Well, we drafted this guy. We have to take advantage of his skills. No, he doesn't want the guy. If he can't, he's got an idea of what each and every one of the 22 position players has to do for his overall game, his overall team to be successful. And then he finds, I need a strong safety who can do that. That guy there is a better strong safety, but he doesn't fit what I envision my defense needs. The analogy would be a college coach. He's not going after five-star recruits. He's going after guys he wants to do a specific job. Fill a role. Yeah. I think think that Belichick looks at it, uh, looks at the game differently than others. And I think that in large part... It's been that way a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, you know, that, that's what he does. But the Steelers, I would argue, have that scenario on the offensive side of the ball. They, I think that they were able to build the offense they want. And I don't know if that necessarily where it started, if it started with Ben and then all of a sudden you got Lev Bell and that opened up possibilities, you know, but for the tight end, I think they have a pretty cohesive unit, not trying to, you know, it's an embarrassment of riches in a lot of ways. Uh, Defensively, I don't know what the Steelers have right now. They don't, I don't think they have, you know, anybody that they feel other than Cam Hayward and Stephon Tuitt strong about, yes, we got that guy for what we want to do defensively here, but where do they, what? 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 Although I think that they, you know, are going to, have they redefined what they want out of an outside linebacker? Um, well, by letting go of James Harrison, you'd have to think they did. Yeah, I mean, well, we saw what what you know Keith Butler and or Mike Tomlin want their outside linebackers to do. Um, uh, as Joe Starkey wrote today, I don't think that excuses Bud Dupree. I mean, I, I shouldn't have to ask, did Bud Dupree play today? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, forget about the, the sack right. totals and the tackle. I mean, you, you just don't notice them. Uh, uh, I do think that they have to decide what kind of defense they want to play and draft accordingly. And as far as the offense, and I, I realize that you know because of the injury to Shazier, that throws their draft strategy, tears it apart because there was a fixture. Let's add him to that mix of what might have been of th- this is what we want, and, and that's why they drafted him. You know, they drafted him, and before him, Sean Spence, because they they used the Patriots, frankly. As a model, that Speed. was when Hernandez was playing, and, right. and they had the double tight end. Yeah. And we've got to find linebackers who can run with tight ends, and that's why they. Unfortunately, that's in contrast to the Levon Kirkland, exactly hammer you front seven, David Little, two hundred eighty pound guy, three hundred pound guy that you're just not running the ball ever. Exactly. Now you got guys need to be on the field three downs and run all over the field, and that's the way different. Jacksonville built their defense. Yeah. That's why they matched up Absolutely. so well. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's where it's going. Yeah, the, the smart no guys question. saw that. Coming and and you know Tomlin and Colbert saw that coming. That's why they drafted Spence. Unfortunately, he had the knee injury. Yeah. But I mean, he you know he's a small guy, but he could run. Oh yeah, the Bill, you remember the oh yeah the pre knee injury interception at Heights Field and 
It was incredible. Good. He climbed a ladder. Uh, he, you know, he's uh, and and Shazier, of course, was like that. And it also reflected in their philosophy this year, where Shazier only had a limited amount of sacks. But the reason is because he was back in coverage right. because he can run sideline to sideline. Well, that changes everything now, uh, and and they're going to have to look for a safety. They cannot bring Mitchell back, um, I, and, and you just can't, you know, for any number of reasons, uh, salary cap included. But I also think they need to look for something else, too. Uh, and that is an offensive guard who's a road grader. Uh, I am now convinced, uh, and I don't agree with it, but one of the reasons that they don't run on short yards, even sneak, is because with the possible exception of David DeCastro, they are finesse blockers. I mean, they're good. I mean, I have no problems with the offensive line, but they need a guy who is a root hog who can just <laughs> bury people, um, even if it's only on a temporary basis. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons, because they don't push people off the line of scrimmage. Now, how I use a pick on that, I don't know, because they do have to address inside linebacker. Now, in my opinion, they need two of them, because I think Vince Williams... Oh, at least. At best, is a sidekick. Oh, yeah. Um, and maybe only a backup and special teams guy. Even if he's not, what if it's Vince Williams and the new draft pick? Then what about the depth? Yeah, right. I mean, you got Tyler Matakavich. Let's just for the LJ sake of argument, let's give yeah. Vince a pass. You know, he's, he's approved. You still only have two there that you can trust. Yeah, there's no and question about that. And, and one of them's going to be a rookie. Yeah, and that's. You're going to have to live with that. But they live with uh, T.J. Watt uh, as a rookie. I'm not comparing the players, but rookies can play. It, it's not like the old days. They're not deep enough as they once were to say, okay, you sit over here and serve an apprenticeship. You'll learn as you go. Stan, who do you get on the show today? Busy show today. Uh, Mark Madden will join me at 1230, 12.20. They changed my clock now. Um, and it's Stan and Guy Day. He'll be on from 1 to 2 on Thursdays. Um, and we're also, uh, we may have a guy on from Vegas, from Bavada, talking about all the crazy prop bets. I love those things. Oh, I, I don't love bet them. any of them. But yeah. <laughs> so we'll have, uh, we'll have some of those as well. And it's sort of a, a carryover. I had an Ask Wednesday yesterday where people asked me virtually anything. And I, uh, there were so many questions I didn't get to all of them, so we're going to try to clean up the mess I made yesterday, which may take more than one segment. Stan Savin. Thanks, Stanley. Also, thanks to Rick Goslin from the Dallas Morning News and Talk of Fame Network. And we uh, were... Uh, kicking around whether or not Alan Fanica will be included in this class, uh, the 2018 Hall of Fame class. I'm hoping that he will be. But he said, I mean, he's gonna. they're going to tell nine all-decade guys they're not good enough yeah. Which this is year. crazy. Because they are. You know. If you're all-decade, you're probably Hall of Fame. You got to be. How Any do you, decade. Yeah, yeah. you're all-decade. You got to be Hall of Fame. I always look at Hall of Fame guys. Um Numbers, obviously. There aren't numbers for offensive guard. But I look, was that guy considered the dominant guy at his position during the time he played? You don't compare him to Jim Parker from the 1950s or John Hanna. You say, what about the area in which he played? And Alan Fanick was the best guard in the NFL when he played. Was he the first Arizona Cardinal uh, transplant? Well, he went to the Jets. Oh, you're right. He went to the Jets first, and then yeah, the, the Cardinals. Yeah, he went. He signed with the Jets after the Steelers. Didn't Man, the, I mean, they had so many former Steelers. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was nuts. Well, best of luck to uh, to. Who is the special teamer that that went to Arizona? The special Sean, Sean uh, Morey. 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 Yeah, yeah. Brian McFadden went there. Oh, Sean Brian St. Pierre. Yeah, it goes on and Joey on. Joey Porter. 
Yes, Peasy. Yeah, exactly. Mendenhall. Uh, that I forgot he went there for like one year, and then he started uh, writing on that terrible show, Ballers. Ballers, Men and Baller, and a zillion <laughs> assistant coaches too. Yeah, including the one who uh, <laughs> thought he had the gig. Fake here retired there. here, yeah. Be oh ready. yeah, we fake retired people. We fake uh, <laughs> fake hired people. That's crazy. Um, all right, well it's the Fichtner, Fichtner era now, so things are going to be good tomorrow on the show. Comedian Michael Blackson, Ben told us so. Uh, yeah, but at least he talked about it a little bit, you know. Like, all right, there's not going to be any, the reason for keeping Feekner, we want continuity and everything. I just, I get leery when, when people are like, get rid of Haley, and then they hire somebody that nobody's ever heard talk. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that'll be better. I mean, maybe it will. I hope it will be. Maybe that's why they hired him. It might be. <laughs> hey, but I, yeah, I don't it, know. it went from him not ever having dinner with Todd Haley when he got hired to, I think, Feekner lives in his carriage house, <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Uh, Sean Collier with Movie Reviews uh, joining us tomorrow, and more chances to win Workforce Cash, a 1000 bucks every hour. That's tomorrow on DV. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him done, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.